0: Big Eight. 820, 820 WWBA. The Big Eight. Here we go. It's time to talk sports. It's real and it's fantastic. This is the JP Peterson Show. Yeah.
1: I like your stories and your reporting. Great show. We need uh, people that give it to you straight.
2: Sometimes you got to do what you got to do.
1: That's kind of your calling card, Mr. Peterson.
0: This is the J.P. Peterson Show, presented by FanStream Sports. Now, here's award winning sports journalist, J.P.
3: All righty. What an interesting day. What an interesting night. I did not sleep much. I don't know about you guys. Me neither, sir. No, you know I was up all night. I'm kind of, ho- I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of <laughs> hopped up on coffee all day long. I mean, uh, energy drink here. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, it's a little, 20, I'm a little jittery, I ain't going to lie. Hunter Biden's days. secret
4: stash. <laughs> he was on that crack.
3: Oh, I, I, you know, I want to go through this election night last night a little bit for you. We're going to talk sports, obviously. We're going to talk about what this outcome of this election could mean for you, the sports fan. Uh, and I want your input, obviously. 727-518-0820. And you know, we'll go any way you want to go today. We, if you want to talk about the election, we can do about that. We can talk about that. Antonio Brown spoke for the first time today. We're going to play that whole interview for you, which was, I think, startling. Didn't even recognize the guy physically or emotionally which is a good thing. It's a good thing for the Buccaneers. So I think that's that's a very interesting development. We'll be getting into that. Uh, Mike Neighbors is going to join us, covers the Bucks and the Saints, quite frankly, the biggest game of the year, obviously, for uh, uh, <laughs> for the Bucs. Great analogy between the Bucs-Saints game and the election. It's going to pretty much tell the tale of the NFC season, in my opinion. So uh, the Gator defense, a lot of talk about that, getting better this week. Uh, Mike Leach might not be around long in Mississippi State. Very interesting story going on there. And kind of sports and politics related, Wisconsin not going to play this week against Purdue. And as I predicted, uh, when I talked to these Big Ten assistant coaches about the rules that they have to endure in COVID, uh, that they are set up to fail, that's what they told me, this is what's happening. Wisconsin now is thinking about not just ending their season. And I think we're going to see that to be quite honest. I told you the Big Ten wasn't going to make it through. They're not. The rules are too onerous. You're set up to fail, and that's what's going to happen. So, anyway, last night, we'll talk about all that, but um, you guys can drive the conversation, 727-518-0820. But I kind of wanted to look at last night's primetime contest as, you know, a big football game, a big sporting contest, and the way we consumed it last night. I don't know about you guys, but I was freaking just riveted. As, as we're watching the scores, yeah. the votes come in, um, it was amazing. <laughs> and the way it was covered, I think, was, was very interesting as well. Um, I'm sitting there watching Florida, and Trump is up by six or seven points, and and really with just a panhandle Lancell. to come back. And you're like, this is an easy call. This is Florida. Florida's uh, going to Trump, and it's not even close. Yet they waited forever to call most of the Trump states where he had big leads, which is interesting. And Tony, you and I were tweeting back and forth. Oh yeah, and we we're at for about nine thirty. Very similar to twenty sixteen, um, the the landslide It it appeared that Trump was going to even better what happened in twenty sixteen. Yeah, and then they started. Well, actually, the votes didn't stop counting. Then this was about nine thirty, and then Fox called Arizona for Biden and that flipped kind of the whole narrative of that was going on and the at, at before that and, and and by the way the chinese uh, currency was tanking us markets were going through the roof the betting line in vegas was at what tony minus
4: 600 for it, trump it was it was yeah at the top of the highest peak yeah it yeah. was it was insane numbers and in
3: michigan with 64% of the uh, the precincts reporting trump was up by almost 15 points and in Wisconsin, he was up by seven points with about 65, 70 percent of the vote in Pennsylvania up by almost 700,000 vote, votes, 15 point I mean, it, the leads were just too big to overcome in quote mail in voting. And I'm like, and it's just like, wow, this is this is really going Trump's way. And then Biden came out and spoke and said he feels like he's going to be the winner. And then votes stopped being counted for some reason. Yeah, and then never before in the history, by the way, has this happened. Mm. And I, and I saw the lieutenant governor from uh, from from Pennsylvania basically say he was asked, you know, why we were watching the live feed of everybody counting votes in Pennsylvania, and then uh, uh, suddenly it just stopped. Why did that happen? And we saw the video, and he goes, "No, that didn't happen. We kept counting." I'm even, like, "Even though there's nobody in the freaking <laughs> front room, whoa, 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 bro! There's nobody in the front room. <laughs> we were we're watching the video. You just lied about that. Why are you lying about that? You did stop counting the votes, and you know, and, and from from my perspective, you're, you're looking at what the deficits are, and in you know, the, and where are these deficits being made up. Wayne County, Detroit, mm. Flint, Michigan. Go look at the demographics of those particular places." Uh, Philadelphia notorious for ballot dumping and 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 ballot fraud. I mean, all these places. And the other thing you have to look at it's it's Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania that are really going to swing this election. All three of those states have very hostile Democratic governors towards uh, the president. You do you think that is a coincidence? No. Do you think it's a coincidence that most of the mail in vote is going to Joe Biden, I asked this question. Why is that? What makes suddenly all the Democrats want to mail in their vote for the first time in history in these record numbers? And yes, of course, covid is part of that. No doubt about it. But do Republicans want to get covid? I don't I don't know. Do they do they would they could mailed in their ballots as well? The people that showed up at the polls yesterday, almost two to one were Trump voters. Almost two to one, the people that showed up, and by the way, it's a hell of a lot harder to defraud a vote when you show up in person as opposed to a mail-in vote. And now we have election laws that have been changed in Philadelphia where you don't even have to have a postmark or the signature doesn't even have to match for that mail-in vote to count. Well, where the hell did the vote come from? Where did it come from? And people want to say, well, there's just a few more, ba- you know, they should count every vote. Hell yeah, they should count every vote. Every single vote. Uh, no, nobody has an objection to that. But let's make sure these votes are registered voters, that they're not dead, that they're not these aren't manufactured ballots. Because let's be honest, folks, in all those states with the hostile Democratic governors, they run the elections. Those governors run the elections. They control these numbers. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yes, there are safeguards in place. But all those are human safeguards that can be manipulated. So here's what's going to happen, folks. Like uh, a bad call in a Super Bowl or a bad call in, uh, I don't know, an NFC championship game that looked like interference, unlike the NFL football game where they're just going to make a decision and and live with it. This is going to be tried in the courts. And we're going to be adjudicating this election well into December, in my opinion. Because here's what's going to happen. That Trump is is not going. He's not. I don't. Well, they'll probably challenge when they should have stopped counting votes. But to me, that's not the where the where the fraud is. It's are these mail in ballots actual mail in ballots from live human beings that have been registered? Because that's where I think the election fraud is going to come from. This is why it's all been set up this way for the. They've been talking about this for the past three or four months, and here's the extenuating circumstance. You know, how do we know if there's fraud in this election? How will we know? How will we know if these ballots are genuine? Well, we're going to turn on the media. Okay. You think the media is going to cover these stories? You think the media and big tech who have proven that they're going to censor anything that is positive to the president, you think those people are going to correctly inform you about whether this was a fraudulent election or not? And, of course, look, and I'll I'll say this. Am I tired of Trump fatigue? Yes, I am. Would would I rather not live in a world where 90% of the media is constantly banging on the president, whoever it is? Yeah, I would. I think we're all tired of that. But if the guy who wins does it fraudulently with arguably a lot of outside influence from our enemies, I'm not down with that, and nor should you be. Everything that the Democrats accused Trump of doing with the Russian interference in 2016, that was a complete hoax, we all know, proven. Well, turn the tables on it. And and Democrats, would you want some foreign government, say the Chinese or globalists, to be able to defraud your election? I wouldn't. I'd want to know. And do we we think this current biased news media is going to get to the bottom of it? No. Fox News might report on it. Breitbart might report on it. Some websites might report on it. But guess what? Just like with the Hunter Biden stuff, big tech and the mainstream media is not going to report on it. You're not going to know. So to me, that's where my anxiety comes from. But I'll, I'll say this. If Joe Biden is the next president, fine. He's my president. And we all need to unite around him. I'm tired of the division in this country. I'm sick and tired of it. If Joe Biden can bring us unity, then God bless him. If he's going to bring along socialism and the Green New Deal and destroy the oil and gas industry and defund the police, make uh, national health care, socialist policies, get rid of the great trade deals that Trump has initiated, then we're all screwed from an economy standpoint. If he's going to lock down the nation again because of this this virus that 99.995% of the people are going to survive and crush our economy? I'm not down with that, and I hope you're not. Is he going to pack the court? Is he going to put 15 Supreme Court justices on there, therefore ripping up the Constitution and doing doing away with the judicial branch of government? You really want that? I don't. I mean, thank God the Senate is still going to be in Republican hands or this entire— country could have turned socialist and they won't be able to pack the court with them with the Republican majority in the Senate but they're you know they may manipulate that with some Senate races as well. That's still in the ballots and it shouldn't be. So whatever side of the fence you're on folks, I think you would want a fair election and I'm not sure that's what we saw. I mean it's just not plausible to see all of this red wave, I mean a red wave of people going to the polls on election day. But for some reason, 90% of the people who voted by mail are Democrats. Doesn't that sound a little fishy to you? Does it seem a little bit fishy that in the three states where Trump had sizable leads after the Election Day vote count, that suddenly a lot of votes are showing up and he's overtaken? That seems a little bizarre that it happened in just those three states with Democratic governors hostile to the president. That seems a little weird, doesn't it? I'm Just asking questions. And if the, if the roles were reversed, I'd, I'd say those are legitimate concerns, no doubt about it. But we, have we yet we, – have we seen any proof yet that there are fraudulent ballots? No. I mean, there may have been – there have been some reports here and there, but that's not going to be discovered until the lawsuits are, are filed, and, and there's already been 100 lawsuits filed, and the Republican lawyers go in and start going over every ballot, looking at every signature and matching it up with every registered voter perhaps calling that particular voter to see if they're live and validating these ballots. That could take a hell of a long time. So I think we're going to be in for a, a long, well, as Biden was right about that, it's going to be a long, cold winter. And I, But I would just say this also. I, I, I Don't get pissed off, folks, either side of the fence. Don't get pleased. And no, no violence, no looting. We don't need a civil war over this. And and I'm I'm you know, I, I'll say this too, that you know what the president did last night when he came out in his rhetoric, that wasn't right. That just inflamed the situation. I didn't like that one bit. As with a lot of things the president does, it makes me cringe. But I think his policies are by far way better for America than what Biden wants to bring. And I just, you know, from a, a policy standpoint, we can all agree to disagree. I, I'm I'm not down with defunding the police. I'm not down with national health care. I'm not down with open borders. I'm not down with going easy on China and not confronting them over all their ridiculous trade policies like Biden has done. I'm not down with letting Iran run amok. I'm, I'm not down with lockdowns and masks to cripple our economy again against this virus. We've never done that before. These are all policies that I I, I think none of us should be for. But that's just my opinion. You have another opinion. And I know a lot of people I talk to say, oh, Biden's not going to do any of that. I hope you're right. I hope you're I hope to God you're right. And if he doesn't, then awesome. Awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad. If Biden doesn't do any of those things, which, of course, he said he is going to do, and the Green New Deal, if he doesn't do any of those things and we don't have to have the Trump fatigue and the constant uh, media-driven division, not Trump-driven, media-driven division, I'm all for it. I think we'd all like to see that. Let's get past it. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think the American people are going to be served with real fourth estate type of reporting on this election. And we'll see how it goes. All right, 727-518-0820, if you want to jump aboard, when we come back, we're going to hear from Antonio Brown. He spoke with the media today for the first time as a Buccaneer. It's a very interesting interview. We'll do that when we come back. Stay with us. Make
5: some noise. The Big 8. 820-WWBA. So people tell me, what time is it?
0: Time to get back to the show. This has only just begun. More with JP on Fan Stream Sports. All
3: right, welcome back. 727-518-0820 is the number if you want to jump aboard here. Mike Neighbors is going to join us at 330 uh, so we'll take calls, take uh, all opinions on election, sports, whatever you want to talk about. All good. All good. I got a lot of tweets I'm going to get to a little bit later on. But without further ado, we've been waiting to hear from the great Antonio Brown for weeks and weeks and weeks. And today, kind of surprisingly, the Bucks made him available via Zoom. So they must be very confident that he's uh, he's a changed man. I'll be uh, 100% honest. I have not listened to this interview yet. I've seen a couple of uh, interesting tweets about it. So let's dig in. Listen in.
5: Social media spat between you guys back in 2019. He said that that uh, you you had a little too much diva to you. How, how have you smoothed over that that type of of interaction that you had in the past? And what, what is your relationship like with Bruce Arians? Well, I don't know what was
2: said or what Coach said. I know we have a great relationship uh, as a kid coming to Pittsburgh uh, 10 years ago, being 20 years old, 21, you know, Bruce Harris was always an asset in my corner. You know, a great coach that's always brought out the best of me. You know, he's always challenging and what he say and what he in regards, but it's only uh, to make uh, you a better person. You know, I had to learn that from a start as a 20-year-old kid. I, no matter what B.A. says, he always got good intentions for his player. Uh, I wouldn't be here without him today. So I'm grateful for him for the opportunity to have me here. So uh, owe a lot of credit to BA, uh, things that I said online, I don't know, uh, pay too much attention to, you know, I know I have a great opportunity here with uh, him, with BA and uh, this organization, this team. So I'm super grateful for the opportunity he has presented me uh, and I owe him all, uh, all the, all the back, backing. Pause it. And then we- very interesting there, because yeah, it
3: was not only what Ba said online, but he was on with Tiki and Tierney. and um, that interview was very similar to what he told me about Ab, and it was just a situation of he, you know, it was not a good fit. Um, did not want him in in the locker room, and that obviously has changed. That and, and look with new information. With new information new opportunity you should adjust your feelings on somebody um so obviously Bruce has gotten some new information feels confident that AB will toe the line and obviously his talent is without question even though after a year and a half we don't know you know if he's still got that burst we'll see my feeling is he's only 32 spent off a year and a half maybe he has fresh legs he should be good so um, I, I think I think it's fair to point out what Aaron's has said previously, but I think it's also fair to to say that you know new information brings a new knowledge, brings a, a new opinion. Totally respect that. Next question.
5: And then when you look at your fit in this offense, uh, you've had some time to study the playbook now. What are your thoughts on on you know wh- where where your role could be? Uh, I know you have experience playing all over the field, inside the slide, outside, you know, flanker, split end. How does this offense fit your skill set?
2: Well, I'm I'm just excited to put my hand in the pile. There's so much uh, great guys here. Excited to play with one of the greatest quarterbacks all time in TB12. I'm excited to be around Mike Evans, Chris Goodwin, you know, Scotty Miller. I'm excited to learn and be around the guys and, you know, Motivate the guys and learn from the guys and uh, put my hand in the power and hopefully help be the reason we win So I'm just super grateful for this opportunity uh, Excited to be around the guys and everyone here
6: And so Antonio, how long do you think it will take you to get up to speed with what the Bucks do offensively?
2: Well I'm putting the time in right now uh, studying every night uh, coming in with coach Jeffrey early in the morning to late afternoon to make sure you know, when I get opportunity to be in there, that I don't miss a beat, uh, that guys could count on me, and I could be where they, uh, they need me to be.
6: And what's it like living in Derek Jeter's house on the water, albeit temporarily?
2: Well, I'm just excited to be here, man. I'm excited right. to play. I'm excited to put my hand in the power and just be with the guys.
3: Pause it. First of all, we don't know that Brady's still living there. Evidently, he brought – or – Reportedly, bought a mansion in Clearwater, and I know Brady was not happy with the lack of privacy on Davis Island. So it's interesting how Antonio just skipped over that, because I don't think uh, they have. I don't think they've been seen over there. I don't think AB's been seen over there. My spies have not. My spies that live on the block have not told me that. So not that it matters, <laughs> but just to, I was I was interested to see how he was going to answer that question, which of course he didn't. But that's okay. Whatever. Next. Must have been hanging out with Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody ask him how Giselle And then when
5: you look at your fit in this offense, uh, you've had some time to study the playbook now. Wow.
7: That's that? messed up. What, what happened?
1: What are your thoughts on, on- – Tom, you mentioned Coach Arians. Just, just want to ask you about the, the, the other people you have here in Tampa that know you, guys like Byron, guys like uh, Antoine randall just the support system you have around you, how much that helps give you confidence that this can work better for you than the last two stops.
2: Well, I got a great support system with these guys here. You know, they're familiar with me. They know who I am. They know uh, what I bring to the table and how I am. So uh, we have a great familiarity, and uh, I'm excited to be here and learn from these guys and, and put my will on display and show these guys what I'm willing to do. Next we'll go to
8: Kevin O'Donnell.
2: Hey Antonio,
9: uh, I read where uh, Tom hooked you up with Tony Robbins. Can you kind of talk about the relationship you have with Robbins and what has he done to kind of help you get ready for your return to the NFL? Well,
2: uh, Yeah, I definitely... uh, Tom hooked me up with him uh, a couple months ago. Uh, He's been a great asset for me. Uh, We're working on myself with them, you know, locking some positive stuff in my spirit and uh, just being a better person. You know, I since a lot of time sitting with them, uh, developing uh, some positive things with them, uh, changing my outlook on a couple of things, uh, battling and getting away from anger. You know, uh, just being able to stay positive and uh, see the positive of things, not letting my emotion or frustration uh, ruin my outlook on on What's in front of me. So uh, I really thank Tony Robs and uh, TB12 for, you know, hooking me up with great people that could, you know, get align me with my purpose, and uh, help me to see the light in regards of uh, my future.
9: You feel you're a completely different person now that you're back in the NFL.
2: Well, I just feel like I'm a better person. I would not say I'm a different person, but I'm a better person. Uh, learning a lot about myself, working on myself for a year and a half. So I think I'm a better person. We have time for a couple more. First, we'll go to Mark Cook.
1: Hey, Antonio. Um, T- Tom Brady, he's offered his home to you twice now. And, and I don't want to say taking you under his wing, but why does, why does Tom Brady believe in you? Where Where's that relationship come from? And, and have you ever asked him, you know, why is it that he believes in you, not just as a football player, but as a person?
2: I think there's a lot of similarities in uh, our work ethic, you know, being guys who are uh, supposedly supposed to be underachievers for guys who, you know, who never supposed to make it, you know, six round late boomers, you know, guys who develop chips. I just uh, want to be the best, this yearn for being the best, uh, always growing, getting better. Obviously, he's the greatest quarterback in the world. So I'm just grateful to be here, to, to be his teammate, uh, to be in a huddle with him and uh, to be a part of the process here with Tampa Bay. So super grateful. Uh, You know, TB12 is my boy, and uh, I'm grateful for that. Next, we'll go to Luke Easterling.
5: Antonia, I'm curious as to whether there was, you know, strong interest from teams other than Tampa Bay to bring you in. If so, what were those teams, and and what gave you – what gave Tampa Bay the edge in in your decision-making process when you came back?
2: or any you get a chance to play with the greatest quarterback in the world, uh, to be around Bruce Sherrins, a, a great offensive guru. Uh, uh, like you mentioned earlier, be around a lot of great guys who are already familiar familiar with me from uh, the Steelers 10 years ago. Antoine Randlewell, Larry Foote, uh, uh Brian Levwich, uh, Coach Goody. So a lot of familiar faces uh, that know me personally, more so, what people write or what people say. So for me, it was a no-brainer, you know, coming here and uh, being around guys who uh, understand me, and obviously to play with one of the greatest, the greatest quarterback in the world. I,
3: I'm gonna tell you what—that um, was as good a campaign speech as I've heard the entire season. <laughs> I'm 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 buying in hook, line, and sinker to this. You guys.
4: I mean, he sounded pretty damn
3: sincere to me. Well, 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 JP. You came a long way, man. uh, That's a
4: bad idea. i do not like this. I have an open mind. I like
3: it. I have an open... Now, am I convinced that he won't relapse? No. Am I hopeful that he'll keep this attitude going? Absolutely. Do I have historical perspective to think that? No. I mean... As I recall, he said a lot of the similar things when he went to the Patriots, did he not? And when he went to the Raiders? Now, I honestly, you know, a lot has happened to him, and hopefully he has truly changed. I really, I mean, I'm not rooting against the guy, I'm rooting for him. I want to see him make explosive plays for this Buccaneers team. Of course I am. But I'm trying to be objective. And when you look at his history, it doesn't suggest that he's, you know, suddenly going to change his stripes. I hope he does. I hope this works out, and, you know. And, and again, in the time of COVID rules, he's going to be asked to do things way beyond what he's ever been asked to do, and he hasn't been able to do them. So, you know, I'm just trying to be objective and look at the evidence. But people do change, you know. It's it you don't change until you hit rock bottom, and I think he pretty much hit rock bottom. So I, I hope it's I hope it's sincere. I hope it's, I hope he's down with it. Be fantastic. All right, quick break. Uh, Mike Neighbors will join us next. We're going to talk some Saints and Buccaneers and get to the uh, the great matchups in this game that are probably going to decide the NFC South and maybe even the number one seed. Will Stay with the us. Go
2: down in the city. Okay, hit it! Big
5: eight. 820 WWBA.
2: Fan Street Sports.
0: Tap the app. Oh, yeah. Fan stream sports. Download it today. Now back to more with JP.
3: Hey, welcome back. Let's talk some football. It's got a big, big game coming up this week. Saints and Bucks, which will uh, probably decide the NFC South. Mike Neighbors covers the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, What's up, partner? How are you? I'm great, my friend. How are you? Um, I'm looking at this spread right here, the betting line. The Buccaneers are five and a half point favorites over the Saints. Say what?
10: Uh, you know, that plays right into some guy named Sean Payton's hands, JP. I'm think, telling you. Yeah. I mean, the Saints haven't been an underdog all year. Haven't? I don't know. I mean, last time they've been an underdog like this. But you know what? I will say this: Everybody in New Orleans knew, and everybody here in Tampa Bay knew after the first meeting in the season opener that Brady and that offense would be much better the second time they meet. The problem is I'm not sure how good the Saints' defense is right now. Everybody talks about Sean Payton and Drew Brees. The strength of this team has been the defense the last couple of years, and they've struggled quite a bit.
3: Yeah, let's delve into that a little bit. Um, What do you think that is? They make a a trade this week to get Quan Alexander, but I, I don't think he's playing, right?
10: Um, yeah the, the interesting thing about that is he's not going to play but he'll play the next week when they play the 49ers. <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting.
3: That's very interesting. Yeah. So and I and I look at the Saints defense just looking at the numbers they can still stop the run but they're struggling a little bit against the pass and I look at you know their secondary and you know the the, the talent is certainly there. What's going on?
10: Well Sean Payton said last week it's a six million dollar question because entering the season, I mean, for years it was an Achilles heel under Payton. They were they were great offensively, pretty good defensively. The secondaries were always bad, except the Super Bowl Run years, but you know Malcolm Jenkins comes back from Philadelphia, and they really were happy about that. And he said in the preseason, if you want to call it that, that he felt like this could be the best Saints secondary. No offense to anybody else I played with in the Sean Payton era, and we all agreed. I mean, yeah. they had Marshawn Lattimore. They get Janoris Jenkins last season. We saw Jenkins with the pick six for Brady in the opening game, but it's been blown coverages. They've been, you know colliding with each other. It's just weird. I mean, LSU's had a terrible year in Louisiana, and the debate is whose secondary is worse, LSU's (laughs) or the New Orleans Saints. It's just been weird. And Marshawn Lattimore last week kind of had his coming-out game where he could have had two picks – he was a smart player and dropped the second pick because it led to better field position. But they need to get him going. And Janoris Jenkins, he's a great player. And you have Malcolm Jenkins back there. You have Marcus Williams, who's played well for years. It's really strange. You, you feel like, you know, you have some... I don't know, position groups that have potential. Yeah. These guys have proven they can play. I mean, a lot of them proven he can shut down Mike Evans. They've proven it over the years. I think it's a matter of time, but, boy, with Antonio Brown coming into the mix and the Gronk heating up, it's going to be an interesting matchup this week.
3: Yeah, we were actually going over this, talking to Mike Neighbors, covers the Saints and the Bucs, um, about, you know, in the red zone, when the Bucks come out and they got uh, A.B. out wide, Evans out wide, uh Godwin in the slot, maybe Gronk in the slot, or as a tight end spot, Leonard Fournette or Rojo. I mean, the array of weapons, how how did the Saints match up against that? Who covers who in that red zone?
10: Well, I'll say this, and you know this about Quan Alexander, he's pretty good against the pass. And that's something that Alex Anzalone, not his strength, the former Florida Gator who plays linebacker for the Saints. And what's been disappointing about Anzalone is he's just been bit by the injury bug. When he's been healthy, he's looked really good, hasn't tackled that well this year, not great against the passes. really struggled against tight ends. So they needed somebody like Juan to get in there and – match up against a Gronk and play that, but they, they won't have it this Sunday. So, no. to your point, Anzalone going to have to step up, and you would think that you know the Saints have always done a good job about pushing guys who haven't played well and not wasting any time in making it a competition. So, with Quan Alexander coming back in, in a week, this is a big game for Alex Anzalone, especially in a situation like you just discussed, but a guy that is controversial in New Orleans is Chauncey Garner Johnson. Yeah. The safety who you know they let von bell go von bell was a pretty good player in that secondary for the saints he's the guy that got into it with michael thomas at practice he's the guy that you saw the cheap shot last week yep. in chicago which is one of the most blatant cheap shots i've ever seen in a football game he's like a uh you know tasmanian devil man he he doesn't back down from anybody so he's kind of an X factor look for chauncey garner johnson to mix it up against the bucks possibly this weekend he's a He's a guy who doesn't back down. He's not that big, but he's a football player.
3: And you know what else he is? He's a he's a pest, and he's an instigator. And you yes. know, and you know he's going to get up in Mike Evans' grill and try to bait him into a stupid penalty. That's coming, right?
10: Or Can you imagine a- he and oh AB? My, oh my god. That 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 <laughs> might be the matchup to look for cuz Evans Evans is more apt to not listen to that stuff, but AB oh, I, I saw that. AB at his press conference today. He was on his best behavior. He was on point. I don't Why get- we
3: just played that. I'm like, who is this guy?
10: I know, I know. I mean, I would, I would love to ask AB. I, I mean, talk about hard knocks. I'd love to have the meeting between Jason Light, Bruce Arians. I'm sure Tom Brady was in there. Yeah, <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. Uh, zero tolerance, my friend. Yeah. I would love to have heard that meeting initially.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he really convinced me. I said earlier, it's the best stump speech I've heard all election season. That was great. I mean, I, <laughs> I, he had me hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, all
10: right, I'm good.
3: Hey, he can it's come almost say it.
10: scary though isn't it it's it is. scary when you hear, hear a guy like he with his past you just i mean i try i try to give people the benefit of the doubt but boy his i mean he came and visited new orleans uh yeah. this offseason oh, brought like right. a yeah. Yeah. brought a camera crew and did everything that you shouldn't do so i don't know if somebody could change that quickly we'll see
3: yeah I'm, I'm i think the jury's still out on that uh speaking of michael thomas what the hell has been going on with him this year, bro? I mean, it's it's weird. What the fight in practice? He hasn't played. Is it just injury related? What's going on with him? Is, is he going to play this week?
10: Well, he'll play this week, and that's what will make this. I mean, NBC's loving this. Yeah, Antonio yeah. Brown coming back, Michael Thomas coming back. And here's the thing, I'll get to Thomas in a second, but I thought the big thing for the Saints, J.P. in the offseason, was getting Emmanuel Sanders. Because yeah, yeah. Thomas has never had that kind of wingman to help him, and he still put up record numbers. So it was weird. Thomas goes out in the season opener against the Bucks. And then Emmanuel Sanders wasn't that comfortable in that game. He's getting more comfortable and then he gets COVID. So both of them get out. And that's what's been amazing about the Saints is they put, you know, four games together, four victories together without either guy really, uh, together at all. And then Sanders getting more comfortable with the offense. So to Michael Thomas, I've heard all kinds of things. My sources, some have told me, and, obviously, the Saints haven't confirmed this, that uh, he wasn't happy with the, the way the team handled everything when he got into the fight. You know, they could have just brushed it under the rug and said he's hurt. But, no, they suspended him, and they said he's got to get better. And I give Sean Payton a lot of credit for that. This guy is not bigger than the team. And, apparently, Thomas didn't like that. Um, you could debate the hamstring injury. I don't know, I mean, it's like, you know, you cover these teams, you don't know how legit these injuries are a lot of times. time. Wow. I don't know if the suspension lingered or if there's, there's still animosity, but everything you hear, he not only got into it at practice with Chauncey Garner-Johnson, was very rude to the coaches and rude to Sean Payton, and that's why Payton did it. So he's always wow. been a big Mike Thomas guy. I mean, they picked him in the second round. This offense is made for him. Drew Brees loves him not only the way he plays, but the way he practices every day. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, it's kind of like when Gronk sat out for a year. You know, it, it's hard for these guys to just have it right away. But you know, Michael Thomas had an off season, so we'll see how involved he'll be. But he'll play this weekend.
3: And, and has he been practicing?
10: He with, has. He yeah. started practicing as well, yeah, and yeah. more so this week, a little bit last week. Um, I thought maybe there was a chance he'd play in Chicago, but he's definitely playing this week.
3: You know what else is interesting is, is it, you go back to the first game, Brady was, you know, it, it was his worst game, a 28 uh, quarterback rating, two picks, including the pick six you mentioned. Uh, but the Bucks held Kamara to 16 yards on 12 carries, which <laughs> is unheard of. <laughs> Uh, uh, Murray got a few more yards, but but remember that's with with Vita Vea, so keep that in mind. It just seems right. like you know in that game the Bucks had a a couple of special teams gaffes, the turnovers. It was one of their worst games, and I don't, I don't think the Saints were at their best either. But I I just think this is a totally different game because everybody's healthy, and uh, you know Brady knows what's going on what's on, this going on this
11: offense.
10: Well, Alvin Kamara. When he got his contract, everybody thought, I don't know about this. You know, he's coming off that injury plague season. We thought, you know, certainly he doesn't deserve a Christian McCaffrey contract, but right now he does. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. playing out of his mind. He's every bit as, Christian, as good as Christian McCaffrey, maybe better. And I thought I would never say that a couple months ago. Maybe he was in the Joe Mixon range is where he got his deal. But I always applaud a player who plays that well after getting paid. Mm-hmm. Shows how much pride he has as a player in his game and how great he wants to be. And you could say the same about Michael Thomas last year. He got his deal and he set the single season record for receptions, beating Marvin Harrison's record. But to your point, you knew both these teams were much better after that first game. And this is COVID and it's crazy. And there's no preseason. You can almost take away the early part of the season, especially for both teams. But, all the talk about Drew Brees not being the same, it's funny to me because Drew Brees hadn't been the same for a while, last couple of years. I mean, if you watched the playoff game last year, Taysom Hill's throwing the ball downfield. So the thing about Drew Brees, though, his arm strength to me in the red zone He's very accurate. He still has zip on the ball. He's fine. But he's been that kind of guy for three years, JP. I, I, I get a kick out of the national narrative yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. One person says something, and it just it spreads it like wildfire yeah. when it's not true. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah I, I told people, we've been talking about this with Drew Brees for three years, and he manages to play around it um and he, only, and he comes up with the big throws when he needs to make them so you could say all you want about his arm look at the numbers you know his numbers are as good as they've ever been so I mean it, it's kind of it's kind of pointless really all right before you go um let's talk a little bit about Aaron's. you went on an Aaron's with uh, with Archie Manning one of my favorite people in the world
10: Oh really? Yeah. Yes. You know what? I am we do this segment called Aaron's. You can go to YouTube and put my name in Aaron's great, and it's also time. on the Saints platforms. But you know, during COVID, uh we produced these for the Saints and other networks around the country. I didn't know how if we could sustain it and we basically pick up sports celebrities, have them pick three errands, run errands with them, but get to know them in between the errands. Because you know J.P. covered sports for years. Press conferences and locker room interviews, you oh. can't get to know guys that way. Awesome. So Archie Manning agreed to it during COVID. We wore masks in the car. We socially distanced. He showed me the Manning home gym. I will treasure those three hours the rest of my life. Isn't he the we, nicest he, man in the world? He's, 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 he's class, I mean, he is yep. the definition of class. And you see why his son's are the way they are because yeah. they had a great father. And you know what? He didn't have a great run with the Saints, never had a winning record, but if you watch the episode, you see the feelings that he has that it's okay because his sons had great careers and that was enough for him.
3: You know, you know it's crazy about that is he was like Kyler Murray
10: before uh Kyler Murray. I mean, right. he could run and throw. He was
3: fantastic and he played on some horrible Saints teams.
10: Oh, and he says he's not scarred by it. But oh, in yeah, New serious. Orleans, you know, Drew Brees will be the best player in franchise history. But I don't think there's a player more beloved than Archie Manning. No, I don't think at all. Right. No. All
3: right, great stuff, my friend. Always good to chat with you. Uh, I guess I'll see you Friday uh, or uh, Sunday in the press box.
10: I look forward to it, my friend. We'll catch up, and right, we man. didn't talk politics. We'll talk politics right. off air, won't we?
3: No, no, we won't. No, we won't.
10: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you, won't. brother. I'll
3: talk to you soon, All right, man. man. Love you. Take it easy. See, See, there's there's two guys that that disagree on politics, but we'll always be friends. I'll never. I have so many people like that. I I just we. I'm not going to hate him. He's not going to hate me. We we can have these discussions like we used to have. And because um, I, I say this all the time, we all want the same things. We all want the same things, um, and just hopefully we can get there peaceably: health, wealth, and happiness. Man, that's right. We're all just looking. For, we're all just looking for the same, same stuff. All right, uh, we got the on the clock guys on. Or uh, okay, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more Saints and Bucks and uh, get your take on AB. What'd you think of that press conference today? I think it was Denzel, actually. I think Denzel sat in for him and did an A, did an A-B press conference. <laughs> He's got the mustache and everything. Very interesting. Back in three.
5: Make some noise! The big eight. 820 WWBA.
12: It's time!
0: to get show! Your- hey, oh. Nothing but pure sports here. Now, back to the show with JP on fans dream sports.
3: All right, welcome back. We will hear from uh, Bruce Arians media availability uh, at the top of the hour. Just got a few more minutes in here if you want to drop us a phone call 727-518-0820. You know, somebody asked me, you know, JP, what do you what do you think is the effect on sports vis-a-vis a Trump win or a Biden win? And I do think it's dramatic. I think it's dramatic. I think if if a Trump wins, I think you see close to a full house at the Super Bowl. I think we move towards uh, reopening the country dramatically and let our health system handle the increase in cases and let the people who are vulnerable protect themselves and we protect them as best we can. I think if Biden wins, we see no people. I think I don't see we, I don't think we see fans at games until maybe middle of next year until a vaccine is developed. and um, hopefully that's sooner than later uh but i think uh from a from a sporting standpoint i think we see we see national lockdowns or i'm not even sure that's legal i, I think i don't i don't know if if they can do that i think states might be able to control what happens you know I, I, I but i'm not sure about that i'm not sure if there could even be a national lockdown um i'm sure there's something that they could do within that realm but i from a sporting standpoint that's that's what i see um I don't think I don't think it's good for for sports fans, but that's that's just my opinion. And and by the way, we're just we're talking about the numbers here. The latest reports: Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, at this point, Biden is leading those as they continue to count. Um, I think those will be both of those elections will be contested. The Republicans are now claiming that Pennsylvania is theirs, and their twenty electoral votes. So and in Nevada, it is now less than one percent. And that is a place where the Republicans have already filed lawsuits as far as the validity of the mail in ballots. And they'll check them. Yeah, and they'll it's check them all. Totally
7: less than 8,000
3: votes. They'll check them all. I know this that a lot of um, law firms have already been retained in all these different places. And the lawyers are going to go in and they're going to check every, every mail in ballot. They'll check them all. They'll recount them and they'll check them all. So there is a pathway for Biden to win Wisconsin and Michigan and still lose. If, if Pennsylvania and Nevada go Trump he wins 274 to 264
7: so it's <laughs> it's, it's Get ready boys it's getting close in Michigan Get boys ready. it's we getting are, close
4: we are rounding third or no we're probably like about the to touch third right now
7: and what are the numbers in Michigan uh right now it's in favor of Biden with million, seven, two, and then Trump's at two, six, one, one.
4: Since we're on radio, you guys can't see Johnny actually pressing the board and and the numbers pulling up from the counties and what, what. So, yeah, (laughs) we're we're a news station right now. I I tell you, it's just,
3: the country is so, it's divided, but sometimes I wonder how divided because we don't know. The the polls were ridiculously wrong. Um, You know, honestly, for the president to do as well as he did, is is almost shocking to me given the amount of negative coverage for so long Mm -hmm. on him you know
4: unprecedented on a
3: on a sitting president
4: let's see the polls what they said biden was up 17 points in michigan and somehow it's close like this
3: yeah i mean and, and and we start talking about and those are you want to talk about suppressing voting if you think in your state that you have no chance if your candidate has no chance to win you're not going to go to the polls you're just not um so that those erroneous reports in the polling, the Washington Post had a poll that had Biden up by 17 points. In uh, in uh, was it was Michigan, yeah, one of the states where where he where he lost, where he lost. I mean, it's crazy to, to even think about it. But again, I I just hope there's there's peace and unity in this this country. If Trump wins, I don't think that it's even that's even possible, which is sad to say. Which is really sad to say. So I'd like to, you know, see everybody unite around some somebody. That would that would be good. And from you know, again, from a sports standpoint, I think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be good if if Biden wins. I just don't think his policies or what he's trying to do with COVID are going to um, help these teams move forward or fans get in the stadium, which I think is is sad because I don't think it's going to make a difference one way or another on the spread of the virus. But that's, that's just me. Well, we're going to know soon because Michigan's pretty much done. They're at 99%. So they're going to call it and they're at 99%. And what, what is the lead right now?
7: Um, it is fifth or sixty sixty thousand 60,000 votes, roughly
3: 60,000 votes, roughly. Yeah, difference. Yeah. It's going to be a long time because all those, all these mail-in ballots ballots are going to be scrutinized tremendously. Michigan, and we'll, you know, let's just let's just hope that we get 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 to the truth. That's all I want. If Joe Biden wins this fair and square, and uh, these aren't ma- ballot dumps, we'll see. And by the way, I mean, what what proof do we have of that right now? Well, we're not going to be able to get proof until we get in there and see the ballots. There would be no proof of it right now because you haven't been able to inspect the ballots, the mail-in ballots. So people are saying, "Well, there's no proof. Why would you even be saying that?" Well, the circumstantial evidence is overwhelming that there's fraud but you you don't that's that's not how you adjudicate the case. You got to go in there and look at the ballots. So, let's like let's count every vote. I'm for that. Everybody's for that, right? So, let's get in there, look at these mail-in votes, let's match them up with their signatures and see if they're real. My my overall hunch is they're not. A lot of them are invalid. And well, and that's going to be where the courts come in. And it's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Have fun everybody. It's going to be quite a ride. All right, when we come back, Bruce Arians talks about the Saints at A.B. Stay with us.
0: Thank God you're back. Now, back to the show. More sports with J.P. All right, welcome
3: back. Hey, kids, uh, we're going to be down at the Oak and Stone on Clark Road in Bradenton tomorrow for a live remote. Uh, We're going to visit a lot of the different Oak and Stones in the area. If you haven't been to one, you got to go, especially if you're a craft beer aficionado like moi uh, they've got the wall of beer get a little wristband and you get you know an amount uh, you want to pour and uh, you can go by and just sample every one of them it's a beautiful thing make sure you uh, have a designated driver or Uber because you want to test them all It's a beautiful thing and the food is tremendous there can't wait to have some more of the artisan pizzas that they have there the lollipop meatballs beautiful. Beautiful food and, and great beer selection. So join us at the Oakenstone Stone Clark Road location tomorrow. We'll be there. Please come down and say hello and talk some sports.
7: Hell yeah. Speaking of sports. Yeah. Matthew Stafford just went on to the reserve slash COVID-19 list. Oh, really?
4: When do we play the Lions? NFL
3: update. We play the Lions late in the season, though, uh, as I recall. Yeah.
4: Last four games.
3: Yeah. So that will not be affected
4: in that way. But it does take an effect to this Sunday. If he, he, now he has to test test uh, negative, so
3: well, he's not going to play Sunday if he's on the COVID list now, right? He's
7: no, helpful. he's not going
3: to play Sunday. Yeah,
7: who do they got? Uh, I'm not sure who they have Sunday.
3: Hopefully, it's not somebody that affects the NFC seeded race. Who gets Hopefully e- not. Who gets
4: no. an easy W to against Detroit? Out. Is it? Did they play Thursday night against Green Bay? No, it's 49ers. no
7: Green Bay, San Francisco. Yeah. Detroit plays Minnesota. Uh,
4: something turning out in Minnesota wait really oh man the Good.
3: Vikings are not coming back from two and five to make
4: the well yeah, there there is, is t- an extra oh, playoff n- slot this n- year Dalvin Cook and just went off we've been talking about yeah, but this there are, but there's a road is still awful there's a there's a road to victory It's a pathway to <laughs> the playoffs path- for the Vikings <laughs> there's, <laughs> a, there's, a pathway. there's a pathway you gotta uh, get there
3: well let's unpack that um the phrases of the day all right, seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty. We'll hear from Bruce Arians in just a second, but up first, Chris is in Clearwater. What's up, brother?
11: You want to hear something kind of funny besides before I get to political? Uh, so I get these updates about NFL game previews on my on my iPhone. Yeah, this is the headline. Are you ready for this? Previewing the Baltimore Ravens Indiana Pacers game. The, the,
3: the Ravens Pacers <laughs> yeah. game.
11: <laughs> yeah, Baltimore Ravens in the end of Pacers game. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Well, I don't know how they're going to guard. Uh, I don't know, you know. I don't. Know. Five against 11 is not going to work. Hey, Reggie
3: Reggie Miller in the red zone. Watch out. That's right. That's watch right. out. Fade to the end zone.
11: Right. Can't stop it. I, I was watching television last night as everybody else was, and I yeah. turned to the X channel to watch because I thought it would be unbiased, and they had the to call Arizona at 7 o'clock before the polls even closed out there. So I said, "This is the end of that." I knew, I knew, the, I knew the deal was in after that. Okay, I mean, the whole country is red. There's very few, few blue states out there. He has the general of votes already. It's not electoral college. I mean, the he's going to win this election, GP, when it goes to the courts. So there's no way that the Biden can win this election. Got he doesn't him. have a he's, how know. how he's that Okay, we have we have the advantage in the Supreme Court. You know that we have the advantage. Well, you're, but
3: but it, 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 they have to have something to rule on. They just can't. They just can't. Trump. Rule well, they're gonna, Trump is president remember they ruled Trump and uh, Bush in two thousand. That's
11: where it went. Well, there but you have
3: to. But you have to inspect. The, well, what's the mechanism? The inspection of the mail in ballots. Exactly. That's okay. the inspection. And, and look, if if those turn out to be authentic. Then okay, Joe Biden's the president. I'm fine with it. Okay. If they turns if it turns out it's massive fraud, which is what it I is. expect, it then is. then hopefully the rest of the country okay. will the, realize it that the I Supreme re- Court is just upholding the, what should have happened on election night. We'll see.
11: Okay, all of a sudden our beloved mayor of Milwaukee says there's 45,000 votes in Milwaukee proper to haven't been last night. 45,000 over 100,000 votes in Georgia that haven't been counting counted and then getting it in Arizona Maricopa County which is a suburb of Phoenix which is a heavily republican county that's over 140,000 votes there that haven't been counted so well look you know. it's not all the
3: time it, all the votes are not counted on election that that's never what has oh, ever happened that. so and, that's uh, not, that's not new and that doesn't necessarily mean there's fraud what means if when they get in they check the registrations when they check the signatures and make sure that these are authentic ballots then then we'll see and not until and not until okay. So
11: I don't see I don't see how Biden can become president. So it's my own opinion. I think he, I I just can't see it because the people the man but Bush has a mandate again. I think he does. I'm sorry. That's my own you belief now. Right. Uh, yeah. Right, thank, I, guess I but yeah. Okay, talk sports for a second. One sure. sports question? Absolutely. Okay. Uh So Dallas today did you did you see did you see that Jerry wanted to have come in for a tryout? Did you see this? Who did he bring in? He wanted to bring him, but Stephen voted it down. Johnny Manziel.
3: Oh my God! You got to be kidding me.
11: No, I'm not. I just got my buddy in Dallas called. Me. Are you out of yeah. your mind? Thank you, thank you. You know he's had a he's had a he's had a roll up for him since the beginning of the draft. You know, Stephen had a talking on a draft at him that time. And took yeah. out. Martin's oh yeah. Heart. yeah. Oh yeah. No not know that. Yeah, we don't. You know, we signed our beloved. Co- uh, Cooper Rush. He's going to probably start against the Steelers, sacrificial lamb on Sunday. But Christmas. I know, man. We'll see. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't trade that.
3: for Jameis. Yeah, that would have been an, interesting to see Jameis what, run that well, Cowboys' was, offense. Was
11: there any trades then yesterday at all? Was anything not, actually
3: done? Not of any note. Quan Alexander was the biggest name that really moved. I know. And yeah. then we
11: picked up a a a, a reject from Cleveland as the first seventh round draft pick. I'm oh, into mean that. I never heard of. Yeah.
3: Who knows? Not a, not a factor. All I get right, it,
11: everybody, keep the faith, buddy. Keep the we'll faith. We'll see.
3: All right? We'll see. I just, you know, I want—I want a united country. That's what I want. Now, however, it turns out, I want a united country. That would be nice, but I don't think that's possible in this era. All right, let's uh, let's check in with Bruce today. Let's see what BA's up to on this uh, AB oh, first debut. Today. Oh, Brucey, yeah, and his Zoom. Hey, Bruce, I, I knew it
6: was a walkthrough practice and, and all of that, but. Um, just what was your observation of, of, of Antonio watching him interact with his teammates, what his general demeanor was, what it was like to see him go through an actual football practice.
13: Yeah, he was going full speed. <laughs> Everybody else was walking, but he was going full speed. And that's, that's him anyway, but, uh, it was good. Guys were helping him. Uh he's, uh, he's got a really good handle on what we're trying to get done formationally and everything. So, um, yeah, it was a great, it was great interaction with all the guys and, uh, it was, a good, it was a good start to the week.
6: And, Bruce, you, you don't have to defend your, your stand. You know, you've been a champion of, of women and, and, uh, uh, and their rights and, and all of that. And yet you face some criticism, right, because of the, the nature of things. You may have allegations, the nature of things that Antonio's been accused of. So how do you respond? How, how do you kind of rationalize those two, those people that say, well, you know, he's, he's just about winning football games?
13: I think when you, when you judge people, uh, you know, is it allegation versus there's no convictions of anything, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, but um, I think for people that want to doubt the decision, I, I defend my record <laughs> on, uh, on all those type of things. So uh, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It is not all just about winning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Convicted. Uh, never convicted.
3: <laughs> it's not a laughing matter, but Bruce has a great point. He and I, I've, I've defended this, defended him with this point. He has a long record of championing women and minorities in his hires. You know the things that he does, not the things that people say about him or imply. I always try to judge people on on what they do, because what they say is often mis- misconstrued in the media, as we all know. So. I'm going to judge people mostly on what they do more than what people say they, they are doing. And uh, I think Bruce is, has a very, very good standing on that. Although, let's just be honest, in this media climate, saying he's never been convicted will not go over well with certain women's rights groups. It's not. Just that they're, going to, they're going to crush him for that, but so be it. Look at his record. It's much better. Next question. Mm-hmm. Next question will come from John Lane.
8: Hey coach, um, along those lines as well, uh, what have your conversations been like with Antonio Brown? I know you said you, you've had some good conversations with him. What have those been like? And, and if anything, what has been revealed to you about his current state of mind and, and the journey that he's been on really in the last several months?
13: I've, everything's been very, very positive. I think he's in a good spot right now. And, uh, for us, um, just getting him taught and, and getting him going. But, uh, you know, our conversations are, were very, very positive.
8: Where do you think he's at in, in his life? Do you think that he recognizes that he did make some mistakes previously and, and is trying to atone for those? Where, where do you think he is?
13: I think he's just moving forward and, uh, and, and trying to have a positive attitude and, and taking, up, taking uh, every bit of care of, of this opportunity given to him. I right, pause it. I, I love when uh, – and Bruce handles this so
3: well. And, you know, Jenna's question is a fair one and a good one. Um, you know, people want to know about the psyche of it. And we're starting to get into realms of uh, of things that, you know, football coaches aren't supposed to really be versed in or talk about. Um, I, I would be really interested to hear uh, what Belichick, how our Belichick would handle this press conference. I mean, it would just be simply, uh, we're moving on to Cincinnati. You know, yeah, he w- yeah, he just yeah. would not, you know, he wouldn't dignify any of the questions with an answer, which I think is a coward's way out. Um, so I appreciate Bruce being candid and, you know, saying what's on his mind. And uh, would it be really easy for him to just dodge these questions like a lot of people like Brady has done? Um, so I, I I appreciate his candor, no doubt, in answering these questions. Next question.
8: Thanks, Coach. Mm-hmm. Next
1: question will come from Greg Allman. Hey, Bruce, I'd want to check with you on uh, Chris Godwin and just how he's doing coming back from that finger. I um, understand he was out there. I know you had said it, it would be very optimistic for him to go this week. How do you feel about things right now? Um,
13: it, it's still, we won't know till Friday uh, to see if he can actually catch a ball. But uh, he went through everything today. He was Basically, a full participant in the walkthrough, but uh, we're not going to take any risks uh, with that thing until Friday to see if he can catch. Thanks, Bruce. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's, you know, that's just basically going to
13: Walsh,
3: a pain tolerance thing. Oh, hey, Bruce, you've obviously
0: um, seen this before where a guy comes in, um, and it, it certainly happened on your defensive line this year uh, with the trade with the Jets. But can you kind of just put into perspective for us how difficult um, it is for a player in Antonio's position, no matter your talent level, to come in, and he'll basically have three practices, one being a walkthrough, like how hard that is for those guys um, to be on the field and available on Sunday given that situation?
13: yeah it's extremely hard. Uh, he does have some recall to to what we've done together when I was coaching him uh, so there's was, there's was some of that not a whole lot but uh it's just going out and playing football. He knows how to play football and uh, and, and he knows how to run routes It's just learning the routes that we want and, and the words and the things and uh, and he's got Chris and Mike and Scotty everybody's going to help him and you a lot of
14: Jonathan Jones,
3: Brady and he are going to have a hours after practice today throwing to each other. Hey, Bruce, uh,
5: quick question here. Third downs, uh, third down conversions are up pretty much across the league. As great as your defense has been so far, your defense is up, I think, four percentage points over last year on allowing third down conversions, which is in line with the league. I'm curious what you're seeing with your guys or opponents or just league-wide on why these numbers are up across the board.
13: Yeah, I think one thing is fewer penalties. I don't think you're seeing as many Hmm. really super longs. Um, you know, but uh, I think teams are playing the game in third and sixth or less, which is going to um, promote to better conversion rates. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think there's any rule changes or anything that have really sparked it analytically, but uh, just probably better play offensively.
3: I will right, we'll, uh, check in with the rest of the Bruce Arians press conference a little bit later on. Uh, I would add to that there's better quarterback play across the board. I mean, if you look at the the state of quarterbacks right now in this league, I mean, you go almost 16, 17 deep and you got you're talking about great quarterbacks in general. Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Rodgers, uh, Derek Carr's fourth in quarterback rating, Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Justin Herbert. Tom Brady's at number 10. Just, Justin Herbert's at number 8. I'm sorry, Brady's at 9. Josh Allen, Roethlisberger, Dak at 12, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Philip R- I mean, listen to these names. Jared Goff. Lamar Jackson is the 20th-rated quarterback in terms of QBR at 94.3. Kyler Murray. You go down to Joe Burrow at 24. Um, I mean, there is there is incredible. Carson Wentz is at 30. Drew Locke and Sam Darnold are good passers of the football. They're on bad teams. They have bad offenses. But that's 31 and 32. The quarterback talent in this league has never been better. And I think that's another reason third downs are up. All right, All right. quick break. Uh, Three-minute break. James Petralka in the booth. Fox Sports is going to join us next. So we'll chat with him about um, the game he'll be doing this week. And, uh, of course, Bucks saints the game of the week. Sunday night football. Bucks fans, get there early. Be in good voice. Lubed up. Back in three.
0: This ain't no temporary, typical, tearful goodbye that's enough let's get back to the show now more sports with jp
3: all righty let's talk some more football here by the way we will be at oak and stone tomorrow on clark road in bradenton uh from three to six intern tony and i'll be down there get producer paid. tony get paid. Get <laughs> paid. so we'll be uh chilling down uh there in bradenton i've been down there in a while looking forward to it so come on down and say hello at the Oak and Stone. And if you wear your gear, you get free beer. We're going to do that promotion all weekend long. So if you're coming to watch college football or pro football on Sunday, they got the NFL uh, ticket package. Wear your gear, get that first beer free. Like a first, you get a craft beer for free. That's like a six, seven dollar value right there. We're just giving it to you. What gear? It's a beautiful thing. What gear are you wearing tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to go with my Brady. Goat jersey tomorrow. Ooh. I think
15: that's a strong play. Strong mm.
3: play. All right, let's welcome in our good friend uh, James Petralka from Fox Sports in the booth. What's up, partner? How are you? I'm
15: doing well, JP. How about you? I'm
3: good. I'm good. Big game this week between the uh, Saints and the Bucks. Uh Game of the week, Sunday night football. I think this one is going to decide mm. the NFC South uh, or at least whoever wins it's certainly going to have the inside track I mean the Saints win it they sweep the bucks it's going to be hard to come back from that in terms of tiebreaker but uh what do you think about this matchup
15: i yeah like you say it's i mean it's it, i think it's really huge for the Saints if they can win then that gives them you know two game lead and the you know having the, the tiebreaker against the bucks so I think that's it's really big for them um I think the you know, I give the Bucks the advantage. Uh, you know, playing at home plus, you know, this is a different I think a different a much better Bucks team than week one. Uh and the Saints, you know, they've been winning but they haven't really been, you know, awing anybody with the play. So yeah. I, I I do give the Bucks the advantage in this, I think.
3: Yeah, I I they're five and a half point favorites, which actually shocks me I think that'll probably go down to three three and a half by by game time but um you know if there's a lot of unknowns in this game for teams that are very familiar with each other I mean think about this Antonio Brown playing for the first time um Michael Thomas playing for the first time in what seven eight weeks uh you know and this is I think a very different Bucks team that's 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 well well versed in what they're doing offensively as opposed to the first time um, so I, I think there's a lot of different things that are uh, uh, available to to be discussed in this game would you agree?
15: yes yeah definitely um you know I obviously see what it, you know with Godwin if he doesn't play and then you know the impact that Antonio Brown has mm-hmm. uh, that's certainly that's a big thing um you know Michael Thomas on the other side you know having you know uh, having set out for a few weeks you know Quan alexander uh, who they just you know just brought in um so yeah, it's it's there's it's 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 intriguing for sure, but I think again, I think the Bucks are coming in uh playing a little bit better right now than than the Saints are.
3: All right, last week you had the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Seahawks uh just blew them out 37-27. It was it wasn't even a game. Some late scores by the 49ers took the game over. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate that, Ching Ching. <laughs> um what what do you see from the Seahawks? Are the Bucks a better team than the Seahawks?
15: I, I think the I would say the Bucks probably are um, in that, you know, the, I think the Bucks defense is better than, than the Seahawks. Um, although, you know, having said that, last week the Seahawks' defense played really well. I mean, Bobby Wagner, like I just saw, he was just named the, uh, you know, player of the week, and they they really played well, um, you know, because they haven't really been able to generate a pass rush and they've done some things, but um, – yeah, they beat up Jimmy G a little bit, and uh, they look—you know—they were they're not obviously the Legion of Boom, but I mean, they, there were some signs of that this past week, and the defense played better, you know. And offensively, I mean, they had—they were down to their third and fourth running back, uh, but you know, so I, I think the Bucks had. But you know, Russell Wilson is just—he just makes plays. Yeah. It's, He's, you know, and that's what, you know, Mark Schler at the analyst who we worked with last week was talking about that. He says, you know, at some point it just gets to the point where they just say three, go. Yeah. And, um, go and you know, D- and DK Metcalf, too. Wow. wow. He's, he's something else, too. Hey, but hey. I do. A- but overall I think I I, I, guess, I think the Bucks have a better balance and uh, probably a little bit better
3: yeah better running backs better running game uh better offensive line better overall right. defense I mean it's when you look at the Seahawks it's Russ it's Metcalf it's Tyler Lockett it's their passing game and you know just right. generally one-dimensional teams don't don't win Super Bowls you got you right. gotta have a lot more so I don't know I think I think I'd give the nod to the bucks so yeah, uh, now you met me you met with the 49ers brass Shanahan. Uh, John Lynch, our old friend, do you get a sense that they're moving off Garoppolo
15: <laughs> this past week? No, um, you know because he was playing, and I, I don't think they are. Um, I, you know, they they didn't really give any in, in, excuse me give any indication of that. Right. Um, having said that, I I I do think they they will if they can. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, there's two two parts that you know one obviously you know his cap situation but you know the other part of it is you know who do you replace him with Matt
3: Ryan. um
15: you know he, you don't have you know the guys that they have now nick mullins and tj bethard aren't the answer no. who's out there that's better you know obviously they've proven they can you know if he's healthy they can they got to a super bowl with him yeah. and no. could you know could have won a super bowl with him so it, it, it's a tough it's a tough situation for them it really is um and this year, you know, the whole team is so banged up but um but oh. with him, yeah, and he's you know Schlereth made a great point um, where he was talking about the you know the elite quarterbacks like the the Brady's and the Breeze and you know even you know Russell and all, you know Manning going back you know they they can anticipate things and make plays he's you know Garoppolo is more he used a term and I've heard this term used before he's like a sight thrower mm-hmm. and this was I mean Brian Billick I. Who won, I done games with him and he called it different from from bill wallace would say he throws what he sees in other words you know they wait till they see the guy open Uh, and then no anticipation
12: yeah
15: where the you know and and you could and and it's not totally bad because i mean you can win with those guys because they're talent you know in grapple's case he's talented enough but that that's not that's the difference between being the elite guys where they can anticipate and you know make the plays
3: yeah that's the whole different level of quarterbacking right there and uh um you got to have a hell of a defense and hell of a surrounding team to win with guys like that which the 49ers right. had last year but now right. completely depleted. Um interesting. All right, so uh, what what game you got this week?
15: Uh we have the Seahawks again uh in Buffalo. So uh um, That'll be a that'll be a fun one.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at um you know cuz I'm I'm thinking about the number 1 seed. So the Seahawks are what? Five, they're 5 and 2 or 6 and 2? 6 Let me think. Uh, well they beat they beat the Falcons week 1 uh, um they beat, I think
15: they I think they only have one loss They, they lost to Arizona. I think they had,
3: yeah, yeah, they I beat they 6 yeah. and 1. Yeah, 6 and 1. Okay, so the Bucks are going to have to to make up a couple games on them. Right. Yeah. And their their remaining schedule, they got the bill at Buffalo this week. That's a that's a tough one, obviously. Then they're mm-hmm. at the Rams. Then they are they um they host the Cardinals, then they're at Philadelphia. Um, then they have the Giants at home, the Jets at home, Washington at home. I mean, that's three freebies right there. Yeah. Uh, but then they play the Rams again, and then they finish up at the 49ers, which was usually a tough game, but not. So that's a, I mean, that's Probably. a fairly comparable schedule to what the Bucks are going to mm-hmm. play in the next few weeks. So
15: yeah,
3: uh, I, mean, I, t- I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, what twelve and four? I twelve and four might not even get you the
15: number one seed. Yeah, depending on yeah, yeah, I think it could yeah, 13-3 could do it for you know. Um it's
3: Probably going to be 12 I, and 4 with a tiebreaker. Whoever has the tiebreaker
15: yeah, over the other. Right. Be interesting. And you know, a lot's going to depend, you know, as you come down the stretch, injuries and oh, yeah. you know, we're seeing, you know, the some guys having to miss cuz you know, COVID and so you don't know how that's you know going to yeah, play out too. Yeah. So
3: Yeah, very interesting. Um. All right, partner. Anything else uh, that you wanted to hit on topic wise?
15: I I caught the tail end of it. Were they, were they saying like offenses are converting the 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 third down uh, conversions are up?
3: Yes, third down conversions are way up. Uh, obviously, scoring is way up in the league. Yeah. And uh, Bruce mentioned that there's not as many penalties, not as many holding penalties. So much more manageable third-down situations because, you know, you get second and 20, first and 20 on a holding call. Right. Chances of making a first down go down to, I think, about 17%. So yeah. if you're not getting those, that's certainly a big help.
15: I, I Yeah, I was going to say, I think I, I agree. That's a big factor. And the other thing is, um, you know, we had uh, talked to Matt Patricia about this earlier this year, um, about, you know, how the offense were head, And he, you know, said that he thinks the – not having fans, or even small fans, plays a role in that because defenses, more so than offense, hmm. tend to pick up on the crowd and play to the crowd and the emotion hmm. and and all that. And so he said that you know he thought he thinks that that that, that that's had a big factor as to why uh, offenses are you know so much further ahead.
3: I would also say this, and I just mentioned, I think the quarterback play in general. Has never been better. I, I can't remember when we've had this much talent at quarterback. Because what I think you're getting is is kind of like a changing of the guard. You have the veterans, right. you know, the Brady's, mm-hmm. the Breeze. Um, I'll even throw Ru- Russell Wilson and Rogers in there. You still have these guys playing at the top of their game, and then you have the next wave of guys. You know, the Kyler Murrays, the the Lamar Jacksons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jer- I'll throw Jared Goff in there. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously.
2: I don't right, think I don't right.
3: think you know top to bottom. I don't think we've ever had better quarterback play. I mean, so much so that the guy who threw for five thousand yards isn't even playing this year in Jameis right. Winston. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of talent quarterback
15: in this that league is, right now. That's true. No, you're right. That that has been a big thing. I think because there's been such an emphasis on you know teams knowing that they need a quarterback. Because even go back to you know the free agency market this year. You know, you looked around, like, for Jameis, you know, being a free agent, it's yeah. like, well, who, who needs a quarterback? Right. And, it, it, you know, the need wasn't there. And Yeah, I, think, I, I agree. that I think all those things, you know, the penalties, definitely less holding penalties, less, you know, pass rush. The games I've done, it's, you know, I mean, the quarterbacks are standing back there, you know, they're not even getting their uniforms dirty in some games. So I wow. think that's had a big impact, too. It's all I think combination of all of that.
3: You think the offensive linemen know they're allowed to hold now?
15: Probably, and <laughs> I think and this is this is a little bit of a, a conspiracy theorist. Um, but I think the league has kind of, kind of told the officials, let's not be the story. Yeah, and and exactly. um, so Thank I think God. there's you know there's there's a little bit there's less flags overall. So mm-hmm. I think that may be a little bit of a, a factor as well.
3: Well, they certainly picked one up Monday night.
15: Yeah, that was surprising. Were you a I, surprised I, by that? I was. I. I I think it was the right call, but it's. I did. It, I was surprised, but it's surprised they pick it up because that's it's unusual to um, to call a penalty and then pick it up like that.
3: You know, and I've seen this year. I think there's an emphasis on allowing defensive players um, to go for the ball, to be more aggressive, right. and they're not calling as many ticky tack pis as they did yeah. last year when they were able to review them. I think now that they know that they can't be reviewed. They're a little bit more liberal in allowing, you know, what the because I mean, when you slow it down to the, you know, to the frame, you know, and I think the Winfield play is a perfect example of this. Did he get there maybe um, three frames early and contact him before the ball hit him in the wrist? I mean, it's almost simultaneous. But if you slow it down, yeah. But I mean, that's not the way the game is meant to be played. It's it's almost simultaneous as he gets there, and knocks the ball away, and he has a right to the ball as well. So right. I think that's that's the way the game is meant to be played. He didn't encumber him from really catching the ball. In my opinion, it was it was more the bad throw and he got in the way. That's his job. Right.
15: Yeah, no I agree. I agree. And and I think you know I think Brian Greasy made this point where he said that if you know the ball hit um Winfield. Went in the arm and yep. if the ball hadn't hit him then maybe you know they they don't pick the flag up, but he you know he's playing the ball. Yeah. I mean, and he has they say he has the defender has the same right to the ball as the uh you know, he's the offensive player, so And he's in good position, you know. Right. And starting
3: yeah. to look back for the ball and, and, and they teach you I mean, so that was perfect technique. They teach you when he reaches for the ball to put your hand in there. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what he did. I, you know, I thought it was a tremendous play. It would have been a shame for him to actually be called for a penalty there because he did everything right in a very difficult situation, coming across the formation, getting through all the picks, and and arriving on. You know, actually, if and if there's a better throw by Daniel Jones, there's no flag, there's no nothing. There's mm-hmm. there's a two point conversion. We're going to overtime.
15: Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right, partner. Well,
3: uh, have a good weekend this weekend, right. and we will uh, chat to you next week. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks, JP. James Petralka, Fox Sports from the booth right there. Um, man, I can't wait for this weekend. It's, it's some good games. College football, Florida, Georgia.
4: We're talking a little Gator football, a little Florida, Georgia. Well, also, we have a hurricane coming. Is that really going to hit us? It's, it's A lot of models say it's going to come right back to right to Florida.
3: Yeah, it's beautiful.
4: Yeah, and... and which could be anticlimactic. There could be rain Sunday night for the Sunday oh, football game. Oh
3: no! Well, I, I, you know what though—that's advantage, Bucks. The Saints. The Saints played their first outdoor game last week. You their ready? first
4: outdoor game. You ready for this? LMR pet and concussion protocol.
3: Yep. When did
7: that happen? Just now. Today. Did not practice today.
4: Day. Oh no! Yeah.
3: And concussion protocol from a walkthrough. And
4: I guess so. I, he, how the hell's that? I, I don't know. You can. I mean, I, I take it with a grain of salt. If it's so late in the week, if he doesn't pass pr- protocol today, that's scary. That's that's a big loss. Well, that's an it, all when, loss.
3: I mean, seriously though, how does that? Well, I guess today's the first injury report from the weekend, so you wouldn't have known. It must have happened during the game. Did he? Did he come out of the game last week? I don't remember him coming out of the game.
4: Maybe he had like concussion-like symptoms, the same thing as Godwin had.
3: I'm trying to remember when. Well, no, Godwin got hit. He got hit on in the side of the head. We remember that vividly. I mean, you tell me, linemen don't go yeah. helmet to helmet. Well, all they the time? do. They do. <laughs> but but you know, did, but he came out of the game. We got hit in the head. Yeah, Godwin did. I mean, I don't remember Marpet coming out of the game late. But I, you know, I go back and look at the
4: tape. Which it would be on the NFL, not Tampa, by the way, because there are people that look out for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Interesting. That is not a good development.
3: Not a good development. I guess. Who's the backup guard in that situation? Now, been, exactly. Joe Haig
4: has been playing tackle. Um, it would have to be Haig. Who? Mm, I mean, who else? Um, we have nobody else. Maybe that's why we signed our, that, that O lineman. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The, well, there you go. All right. We'll take a quick three-minute break. We'll come back on the other side. Talk some college football. Some big games this weekend. Uh, development in the Florida State Pitt game. If anybody cares about that one. And um, Clemson Notre Dame huge. A lot of big games this weekend. Florida, Georgia. Woo, this could decide the East. Best shot the Gators have had in quite some time. Back in three.
10: Looking for adventure.
0: Uncut and unfiltered. More sports now with J.P. Peterson. Presented by FanStream Sports. Download the app today.
3: Wow, we got major developments here in the Bucs-Saints game, people. Wow. Drew Brees, limited participation in practice today on the injury report. Right shoulder. Well, we knew he got a bad right shoulder. That's had that for some quite some time. Are you kidding me? We ramp it up. Jameis Winston possibly getting the start. On Sunday Night Football,
7: no, that would be the most ridiculous thing I'd ever see if that would happen. No, you think no they way. go to Taysom Hill?
4: No, this game. No, no, no you Drew have Brees to is go playing. to
7: Winston. You would have to go to Winston. Drew
4: Brees is playing this game. There's this is they know they know how big this game is.
3: If he's got a right shoulder sprain, I mean, and he's already limited in terms of
4: his arm strength, <laughs> Break how, they, I mean, you can't. You're handicapping your team. Break out the quarter zone shots and the Tiger Ball, man.
3: Yeah, but I'm telling you, <laughs> those things are you know those things work. They also wear off, mm-hmm. and you don't and you don't. Remember when Jameis tried to throw play with that shoulder injury? Yeah, he you he, know lost he, his job. Yeah, and he was horribly he's inaccurate to begin with, but that made it much much worse. I mean, if you're, you're if you're shooting up a shoulder, that's a you you don't
4: have the feel that you normally have in your arm. Not to mention you could further damage your your shoulder. Drew Brees' shoulder, Alvin Kamara' foot, Michael Thomas' ankle and hamstring. All limited at practice today. Well, but Michael probably, Thomas is probably been all the going.
7: reoccurring injuries. He should yeah. be back. Alvin Kamara,
3: it's not nothing to worry about. He should be playing. Meanwhile, on the Bucs' side, Ali Marpet is in concussion protocol. William Golston
4: is on the COVID list. What happened there? Close contact. Close contact? With somebody outside of the team, not in the team. So he could a negative test and he gets yeah. back in.
3: As long as he gets his three negatives. Uh, playing without Golston and Vita Vea, um, obviously Vea out, but Golston has been tremendous inside. That would tremendously affect our rush defense vis a vis Alvin Kamara. Already, I think Kamara has a better day with no Vita Vea, and we saw what the Giants were able to do and run on the
4: Bucs. Yeah, you can just look at my X factors from yesterday interior offensive linemen for the Saints against those interior defensive linemen that, for the Bucs.
3: And that Saints' offensive line is legit. So, oh, I tell you what though, I would love to see Jameis start <laughs> Sunday night in a wet football.
7: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Oh Lord. I'll take that. Uh, all right, let's go to the phones. Who do we got? Dev Daddy. Dev Daddy, what's up, brother?
14: Give me Jameis Winston on a wet Sunday night with those small hands. And let, <laughs> let, let him return the favor for all the pain and suffering. We have dealt with it in Tampa Bay. I am here for it, JP. What, that did, just you made guys my day.
3: Okay.
14: I'll tell you what. If, if, it's, if Johnny, it's, if you think if you think J- Jameis Winston is going to come in here on prime time and give us an L, you are sadly mistaken, sir.
3: Let me just ask you this. Let me just seemed, ask you this, Buck fans. Let me just ask you this, Buck fans. First play from scrimmage, Jameis drops back in throws. This is a pick six. six. We're going nuts. We're
4: going nuts. We're going nuts. You
3: will see the Skyway shake. I swear to God, the Skyway will shake. I think
14: the internet would shut down. All the the sports Twitter would just absolutely shut down.
3: Would shut down. I mean,
14: are you, are you kidding me? Just, I don't it's care. It's only right, though. He started his first pass here with right. the pick six and oh it left. So he's got, to, he's got to start his first pass and, and correct Jameis Winston fashion.
3: How, 20, how 2020 would that be? Breeze is.
14: Gonna I would play. love it. I, just I would play. love it. I'll be there, too, <laughs> Sunday night. I'm so pumped. Are you going? Yeah, I'll be there. You got a ticket? I sure do.
3: Good for you. They're going for one hundred and ninety-one bucks. That was yesterday. I wonder what. It, I, it, I wonder what's it, more. Then. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I would at that at that price. That's I got, for I got a, a cheap seat.
14: member pass.
3: So I yeah. got I got that pricing. Oh, oh well, oh well. You well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, bro, bro. You cannot sell it to a Saints fan.
14: Oh no no no!
3: no, no. You cannot. I've already called out Buccaneers fans for that. I swear to God, if I see any Saints jerseys there. I'm going. I'm walking up to him, and I'm going to ask them who they bought their tickets from. I'm going to put them, everybody on blast
4: because he, we'll just see that just ask for the ticket. The ticket will be right there. Boom, the name where they came from. I'll oh no, it's all up. it's all electronic now, right?
3: Now the Bucks will yeah, the Bucks will know if you sold your tickets too. And I would guess if you sell your tickets to this game to a Saints fan, um, the Bucks can figure that out, and they might keep you from buying any more tickets the rest of the year. At least I hope they do.
14: No, I wouldn't do that. I'm definitely going to go. But.
3: Yeah, you got to go. This is going to be history.
14: It's, it's, this is this is the biggest. I don't think Bucks fans realize how big of a game this is because it's huge. if we if we lose this game, hopes of the winning division are slim to none. No, we're we effectively two games game. behind.
11: With yeah, with uh,
14: well, will own the tie break Seven to play. We would just have to lose for for them to. We would hope for them to lose every other division game, and that's the only way we could win the division. Right. So I mean, we got to split it here. And this is a this is a huge game. That's why everyone's like, "Oh, why did you want to?" Because you can only pick two games. Everyone of the Chiefs and the Packers. I'm like, listen, this is this is going to be the biggest game of the season. We got to win this game.
3: And and uh, my uh, amateur weather guy over here is telling me Hurricane Ada is going to be on top of us on Sunday night. Is that true? Is that what you're seeing now from a, from a forecast standpoint? Please say that's, that's not what, true.
4: That's what ABC News said that it would be. We would probably be experiencing. Rain Sunday night in Hillsborough County in the Central Florida area, but not hurricane, not hurricane weather. But it should. It, once it makes landfall, there's it might even not even be a hurricane by the time it hits the keys. But
3: if it's a lot of wind and rain, then it's gonna suck. But it it's could also just suck.
4: it could also just go up uh, the the west of Florida as well. There's like spaghetti models that are some are going left and some are brutal. just taking it. The brutal. Once it hits, once it hits land, it's going to push more towards the like since the Gulf is going to push more towards the Atlantic. So, all right, Dev. Deb. So
3: how do you see this game playing out if Breeze plays? I
4: think if
14: Breeze plays, oh, it's it's going to be an easy, easy win. This guy's arm is shot. Our defense is much better. We got a lot more chemistry. Um, I love the Antonio Brown uh, interview today. Yeah. I honestly think he's a changed person. I believe in second chances, so I'm going to be behind this guy 100. percent And it showed uh, Monday night that we need that other weapon when Chris yeah. Godwin is out. Yeah, uh, I don't like Scott, I don't like Mickens getting that many targets. So no. uh, if Brees plays, I think I think we win. It's not going to be easy. I think we win, but if Jameis wins, it's a shootout. But we pick him off and we'll be fine.
3: I would love to see Jameis play. That would be such a great storyline in this game. I mean, does anybody
4: anybody else remember Jameis Winston in practice against this defense, always throwing interceptions and Arians getting pissed off about throwing interceptions? Well, you
3: know Todd Bowles (laughs) is going to – he knows exactly – well, Arians and Todd Bowles know exactly how to trick him into throwing picks because they saw every other team do it last year. And Jameis having not played in a year – my. and uh, not in a year, but half a season. And I think I think Drew Brees will start the game. I don't think there's any question about that. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, partner, have a good time at the game. I'll be there.
14: All righty. Where are you Still sitting? Buff. I'm in. The, I'm in the nosebleeds, man. Way up there.
3: Still good to be in the in the joint. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Cheer hard. Cheer hard.
14: All righty. All right
3: 7275180820 is the number. Boy, that's a lot of different storylines going on right now with this injury report. That's, you know, not having Ali Marpet is that really really is going to limit your your run game. Um but I think Godwin plays. I do think he plays. I think um you got to have Golston. Got to have Golston. Do you think
7: Godwin plays? I don't know if I don't know if if Antonio Brown can be incorporated and maybe you don't need to play him.
4: Goblin will be suited up. I don't know how many snaps he'll get, but it'll definitely be a decoy if he's on the field. Yep. regardless. Well, I don't know
7: if we get to that point in Arians' presser, but I heard it earlier today. Just him talking about he hasn't even catched. He, has, he hasn't even caught balls yet. He yeah. He's not going to do he that said, till Friday. Yeah, he said
3: that
4: till Friday. And that'll probably be if we know he can go or not, which probably won't be shown to the media. I would assume. Well, no, yeah, we are smart. You you we're yeah. not going to
3: know that till Saturday, probably. Right. Um, of course he's not. There's no travel for the Bucks, so we pr- may not know that till Sunday. Inactives. Probably not till an hour before the game. Just anyone who tries to get a hold of me between the hours of
7: 3.30 and like 7.30 on Saturday, <laughs> I didn't die. My eyes are just glued to Florida, Georgia. It's okay. Yeah.
3: All right, let's talk about that when we come back. Quick three-minute break. We're going to hit the uh, Florida-Georgia game. What's going on with that? What people are saying about it? Um, I think this is a very interesting – this is a total contrast in styles, these two teams. But I think, legit, um, Florida's defense may have taken a step forward during their covid vacation. And they needed to. So we'll talk about that next. Stay was
0: Pure Sports. Let's
3: go! Come on! Come on. Yeah. Let's do
0: it! Now more with JP. Turn your
3: radio up. Alright, welcome back. Uh, Coming up in our five o'clock hour, Kevin O'Donnell from Fox Sports will join us. Um, We'll talk some Antonio Brown. And we'll play, in case you missed it, we played Antonio Brown earlier on. At the top of the five, we'll play, we'll replay some of those uh, sound bites because he was really um, the story of the day. This changed man. You know who he's working with? One of my favorites, the great Tony Robbins. The great Tony Robbins. Now that dude will change your. He will definitely change your uh, your outlook on life. He he can. He's helped a lot of people. Athletes, billionaires, some of the uh, the leading uh, financiers in the world. That guy, he's money. Tony Robbins, our MVP. I love it. Or Tom Brady for getting him. Tony Robbins. You got to give Tom Brady a, a big nod here as well. But then again, if if you know, it's all roses and rainbows right now with Antonio Brown. But have one bad COVID test, <laughs> things could get ugly. Seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty is a number if you want to jump in here. So, Florida Georgia, three thirty Jacksonville. How how many fans are we having at the stadium? Do we know yet? Is it going? To be I have the, not seen the Jacksonville fifteen to twenty thousand, probably somewhere around there type deal. And I guess you know they'll be evenly split between Gator and Georgia fans as they usually are. Yeah. Um, so that shouldn't really be a, be a factor. Now, the Gator defense was much better against Missouri, but the Missouri offense is awful. They are 81st in scoring, 69th in total offense, Missouri. and And don't forget, that's with about 80 teams playing. That's how bad their offense is. It's not good. So did the Gator defense get better, or did they just face a really crappy offense in Missouri? That's the question. We'll see. I mean, if you look at Ole Miss, Ole Miss put up a lot of points on Florida
7: two, but they also put up a lot of points against Alabama. Yes. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll definitely see this week. I mean, like I said, Georgia's missing a couple of their guys. One's out for the year with a torn ACL. The other guy's out for probably three to four weeks with a shoulder injury. And then they've got an accumulation of other injuries that they have to deal with. Now, now they're not all going to miss the game, but they're all going to be hurt.
3: That's a, That's a big deal. I mean, that's that's a big deal when you're talking about um, you get two or three key players out on a defense. That's a difference maker. And and let's be honest, this Florida, I think the Florida offense is a bigger advantage over the Georgia offense than the Georgia defense is over the Florida defense. I think it's pretty damn close. I mean, obviously the strengths of both teams are, are opposite. That Georgia defense, and I and I really believe, I don't think Florida has seen a defense this good. And that's so, you know, we could ask ourselves, how good is the Florida offense? Have they played a good defense? Not really. They haven't, right? No, not really. I mean, AM doesn't have I – w- I wouldn't say they have a great defense. What did Alabama hang on them? Ridiculous, like 55 56, or – yeah. 56, yeah, so,
7: 58 or something.
3: So, I mean, it's it's a different deal. when And, and this is pretty much – well, I won't say it's the same ga- Gator offense. Is it is it even as good as last year's Gator offense with all those – would they have three receivers that are playing in the NFL right now? not that Kadarius Tony and and these guys aren't good and, and Kyle Pitts they're they're fantastic but it's not like Trask threw all over Georgia last year right Yeah, and
7: plus Trask wasn't a well Trask was a starter coming into that but he wasn't a starter all year yeah, not
3: as seasoned as he is yeah. now that's fair For sure. that's that, fair
7: and uh I mean we got a couple other guys I mean we did ask we added Justin Shorter another receiver sophomore coming out, a, f- a former five-star recruit from Penn State maybe he he had a good game last weekend. I think he had a touchdown catch and a couple passes. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. I think the offense is just as good if not if not better than what we had last year cuz we Malik Davis. Malik Davis come out of the backfield. You know, you can use Kadarius Tony anywhere you want. You have Damian Pierce, who's a hard-nosed runner. Um and of course, you have Kyle Pitts. Who, I mean, he's just, a, he's just a monster. The you know? man.
4: Who probably you're going to get a good recruit out of that, by the way. Who's, I mean, another,
7: who's, the other number one overall tight end in the country, 2022. Mm-hmm. Yep. He likes how Florida's using Kyle Pitts right now, and he's looking at Florida. But just in general, when you have an offense that, that just, I don't know if Georgia can score with Florida. I don't think so. Not after you only scored 14 points on a horrible Kentucky team.
3: Yeah. Horrible. I mean, Stetson Bennett is, he's serviceable. He's nothing more than that. Right. Uh, he's not, he was, you know, he's 5'11. He's got a good arm, but you know, too. But he throws kind of sidearm. Uh, you know, Florida. Have, mm-hmm. Florida gets their uh, gets Kyrie Campbell back, their defensive tackle. I um, mean, he played last week and he made a big difference. So there's, you know, I, I think. Well, I think that's where it helps other pieces. Like it helps move
7: Jeremiah Moon around. Right. You can also bring in Ventrilo Miller back. from different spots. You know, um, yeah. There's just that defense. I think is going to get better. I'm hoping it gets better.
3: Yeah. All right, we shall see. 3.30, National Television, Florida, Georgia. Great opera. Florida wins this game. Boy, they are right back in the hunt for the national championship, not just the SEC. All right, quick break. When we come back, we will hear from the changed man, the new man. You won't even recognize this dude. Antonio Brown 2.0.
0: Stay with us. Coming back at you. Let's get back to the show. It's
2: only just begun.
0: More with J.P. Peterson. Powered by FanStream Sports on the Big 8.
3: All right, welcome back. Don't forget, we'll be at Oak and Stone Clark Road in Bradenton tomorrow for a little live remote action. Previewing Thursday night football tomorrow night. What do you got, Packers and 49ers? Yes. Who's starting for the 49ers? Mullins, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think Mullins. Yeah.
4: Nobody worth the crap. <laughs> go back. Go back. Go. That'll
3: still be an interesting game. Yeah, considering...
7: Aaron Jones is questionable for that tomorrow. Um, Packers the other, are old. Their other two backs are on the COVID
11: list. That. Yeah.
3: Hmm. All right. 727-518-0820 is the number uh, to join us. Uh, Kevin O'Donnell will join us from Fox Sports to talk, uh, Fox 13 Sports, to talk a little bit about AB's debut today. And we will hear from uh, AB in just a little bit. Uh, uh, so we'll talk to Kevin at 530. Uh, 727-518-0820. Uh, just to update you on the election, what's going on right now? Uh, Trump is tweeting out a lot of different things. Um, you just gave me a rundown on this, Tony. What what, did, what what is the Trump campaign saying now? That they they're very much believed that Nevada and Arizona are in play, and if they win yeah. either one of those in conjunction with Pennsylvania, Trump wins. He could lose Ohio State. Ohio <laughs> Ohio State. He could lose Michigan and Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. And but if he wins Pennsylvania and Arizona or Nevada, then Trump's the winner.
4: Yeah, so is the look at so Trump <laughs> Trump tweeting out if you guys haven't seen it yet. We have cl- we have claimed for electoral vote purposes the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, which won't allow legal observers, the state of Georgia, and the state of North Carolina, each one of which has a big Trump lead. Additionally, we hereby claim the state of Michigan if in fact there was a large number of secretly dumped ballots as has been widely reported. Well, 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 boys. Where and Biden
3: you? just came out and basically said he believes they're going to win. He's not predi- he's not saying that they've won.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, and his tone changed a little bit. His tone was not as upbeat as it was last night. Maybe he's getting tired or he's realizing that the tides are a little bit turning. Even if you – cheaters never win. Remember that, guys, no matter what you do. Yeah, there's a um, – I, I just got this email from
3: um, – Republican folks, I guess I could call them, operatives. Um, And I'm just perusing it. Uh, They're very confident that they're going to take Pennsylvania. Um, There are 54,000 ballots left to be counted in Cumberland County, which are conservative counties, 40,000 in Westmoreland, 20,000 in Franklin County, where President Trump won 82% of the vote. That's a huge swing right there. There are 20,000 ballots left to be counted in Beaver County. Nice Beaver, um, pathway to victory in Arizona. Final batch of mail-in ballots are still being counted, with the latest arriving ballots counted last. Believe that over half a million votes remain to be counted in Arizona. We expect to win between two thirds and seven tenths of those ballots, yeah. um, because I believe those were counted. Those were uh, placed on election day. We expect yeah. to win Arizona by thirty thousand votes.
4: Yeah, the Trump. This camp- is
3: coming from the Trump campaign by yeah. their internal memo to to uh, their operatives around the country that I just got. Uh, Arizona will join the president's column by day's end. If it does, um, then that's that wraps it up for Trump if he also wins Pennsylvania. Yeah. Last night alone, we won 62% of the 80,000 election day votes that came into Maricopa County. If you see across the nation, the, you talk about a red wave, Trump won uh, 62 to 65% of the people who voted yesterday. That's almost a two-to-one margin. Imagine that. and that matches up with the crowds that we saw mm-hmm. across the nation uh, in the battleground states. Um, we believe that once all legal ballots are counted, we will win by five thousand five hundred votes in Nevada. We're also concerned about corruption in Nevada pathway to victory uh, to they're gonna challenge in Nevada. Um, but this, again, this is all coming from within the the Trump campaign that they're sending out to their operatives right now. Um, they believe that Georgia is going to be theirs, lead by over 100,000 vo- votes. They also believe um, North Carolina North is going to go. Trump, uh, Wisconsin is within 1%. This is recount territory, pathway to victory in Michigan, outlying Republican counties still have ballots to be counted.
4: Already have a lawsuit on Michigan. The Trump campaign does, and already uh, filing for a miscount or recount in Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, uh, it, Michigan and Wisconsin is really, really close. Well, this is—we um, can tell you this for sure: it's not going to be settled anytime soon. And again, I really believe there's going to be a large-scale inspection of mail-in votes in all of these contested states: Michigan, Wisconsin. Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia. And, you know, count every vote, count every vote, verify every vote. It's much easier to verify the votes where people walked in and cast their vote, which was, as I mentioned, about two to one for Trump yesterday. That's an amazing number. It's an amazing number. And let's just be honest mail in votes are much easier to be fraudulent, much easier. And there's a history of it happening in the United States. Let's let's not be, and, and for those who say well, it's never happened before, that's that's BS. It's happened tons of times, and almost every time it's happened, where we've
4: where we've seen these issues, it's gone into the Democrats' favor. So just to break something down real fast, in Pennsylvania, just to let everyone know, I'm uh, going off Ben Shapiro's Twitter. In Pennsylvania, Trump is up by approximately four hundred and fifty-four thousand votes. There are 1.12 million votes outstanding right now. Biden, Joe Biden needs 78% of those votes to win the state. 300,000 of those votes are in Philadelphia itself. Even if Biden wins 95% of those Philadelphia votes, he still needs to pull 70% of the other votes. It's a super heavy lift. And again,
3: uh, if you know your history of vote harvesting in Philadelphia, it's longstanding. It's longstanding. standing. They had precincts uh, that voted 100% for Hillary Clinton in 2016. 100%. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So there's a, there's a lot of smoke out there. There's a lot of – and there's probably a lot of fire, but we'll see. Let the process take care of itself. Unfortunately, it's just going to create more division, I think, and that's unfortunate. All right, uh, back to football after the election update. Antonio Brown spoke to the media today. He's been working with Tony Robbins, noted motivational speaker to the stars. Um, and he sounds like a completely changed man. And, you know, hats off. And I said this before. Hats off to Bruce Arians, who was dead set against bringing AB in in March. Dead set against it. But he's given him a second chance. He's obviously listened to Byron Lefwich, um, Tom Brady and the other people that are vouching for Antonio Brown. And when you listen to this interview, I think you're going to come to the same conclusion that everybody's coming to. This sounds like a very changed man. Listen in. Yeah.
6: Hey, Antonio, welcome to Tampa. Um, it's been, you know, over a year since you've you've been in a practice. Today was a big day, obviously. Just take us through that, how it felt for you, and, and, and how much, how much credit should Tom Brady get for you being here right now?
2: Well, I've been super grateful to be here uh, with such great organization, uh, to be around some great players. Uh, for me, you know, first and foremost, uh, being away from the game a year and a half, uh, just to see, uh, be able to be a part of the process and be out there with the guys today was uh, surreal, uh, some I don't take for granted. You know, some I have a great appreciation for, uh, a better perspective about. And uh, a lot of, grata, a lot of uh, gratification uh, to do what I love, man, you know. It's a blessing.
6: And, and how much, uh, I mean, you talk, you know, people look at the NFL as a privilege, right, to play here. What do you say to those that say, like, hey, he doesn't deserve this chance? I mean, what, what kind of work have you done, you think, to put yourself in this position?
2: Well, I took a lot of time off of the game, you know, to reevaluate myself, uh, to look with them, you know, to get a better perspective of myself, uh, working on myself uh, within and without. And to be in this position, you know, we uh, followed the mission and to get back on track, you know, is uh, what I'm here to do. Yes.
1: Listening
3: to Antonio Next question will come from Greg Amman.
2: Media availability
1: today. Antonio, I just want to ask you physically how you feel. It's been a year since you practiced played in a game. Uh, I know you've probably tried to keep yourself in shape, but just how you feel physically in terms of what you'd be really what you'd be able to do uh, on Sunday given the chance
2: Well I've been uh you know taking care of myself off the field you know I pride myself in being the guy who uh stay in high conditions and being physical fit you know it's been a lot of uh, year and a half working out at parks and not being able to get a lot of rewards so He's grateful to be in a position where, you know, I could work out and, and get an opportunity to play in the game and, and get some rewards. Thank you. Next, we'll go
8: to Jenna Lane. Hi, Antonio. I'm just wondering, what have you been doing in the, in the last several months since you've been away from football, and, and what have you learned about yourself during that time?
2: Well, I've just been spending a lot of time with family, uh, working on myself with them. And uh, just staying resilient, you know, uh, keeping the the mind on the mission. uh, That's uh, being a football player and uh, doing all the things that come with that. Even when the times got hard, you know, keeping myself in shape, keeping myself uh, motivated from within, uh, not listening to the naysayers or not giving doubt or worries about will I be able to return. You know, I had good trainers, good people around me in my corner that uh, kept me encouraged, uh, that kept me motivated. And uh, I just uh, believe, you know, uh, I knew one day I would get a chance to be back in this position, and I just try to check every box to make sure uh, when I was able to get back, you know, that I was ready to go.
8: What would you say to those naysayers that you mentioned who maybe have questions about you returning to the NFL or even some of the folks that think maybe you don't deserve another opportunity?
2: Well, you know, I feel I could change their perspective. Uh, being here around great people, great organization. Uh, you know, if y'all could win them over in my actions, uh, how I move forward, and uh, how uh, I handle my uh, business. Next
8: question comes from Sarah Walsh.
2: He's saying all the right things, ain't no
3: doubt. Sounds sincere.
8: Yeah, Antonio, can you talk about um, your relationship with Tom? Obviously, you've made a debut for a team on a very short week of practice with him before, and had success there, and and what that relationship is like and how much studying you've been able to do, especially, um, time off the field, staying at his place.
2: Well, Tom is my boy. Uh, one of the greatest leaders to be around, you know, he's encouraging, always inspiring. Uh, he brings out the best of the people around him. Uh, he wants the best for everyone around him. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback all time. Uh, none of you have done in the past matter. He always getting better, uh, day in and day out. And, uh, I just learned a lot from him, you know, uh, how, he, how he trains, how he takes care of himself professionally, his discipline, his work ethic, his approach. Uh, he's been a great guy in my corner and uh, one of my close, one of my close friends. How about that?
8: Next, we'll go to Scott Reynolds,
3: Tom Brady, and Antonio Brown. Joined hey, it Antonio,
5: day. you've played for Bruce Darian's before, and uh, there was a little bit of a of a social media spat between you guys back in twenty nineteen. He said that that uh you you had a little too much diva to you. How how have you smoothed over that that type of of interaction that you've had in the past? And what was your relationship like with Bruce Arians?
2: Well I don't know what was said or what coach said. I know we have a great relationship uh as a kid coming to Pittsburgh uh 10 years ago, being 20 years old, 21 you know, Bruce Hands was always an asset in my corner you know, a great coach that's always brought out the best of me. You know, he's always challenging and what he say and what he, in regards, but it's only uh, to make uh, you a better person. You know, I had to learn that from a start as a 20 year old kid. I, no matter what BA says, he always got good intentions for his player. Uh, I wouldn't be here without him today. So I'm grateful for him for the opportunity to have me here. So, uh, owe a lot of credit to BA, uh, Things that I said online, I don't know or uh, pay too much attention to. You know, I know I have a great opportunity here with uh, him, with BA and uh, this organization his team, so I'm super grateful for the opportunity he has presented me uh, and the owe order, all, uh, all the, all the back, back.
3: You know, this is a, a fascinating relationship between BA and, and AB. Um, not just because of the juxtaposition of their initials, but the fact that, I mean, it's it's not made up. Bruce Arians did not want this guy on his team. He knew what he was capable of doing in the locker room, and didn't want him here. It's that' as simple as that. And something's changed over that time, and it's that guy right there. And you know, credit Tom Brady, credit Bruce Arians for looking at new information, considering it, not being stubborn, and knowing knowing full well he was going to take a hit. For the things that he'd said publicly and, and privately about AB, that um, and reverse course because of the new information. It's a little embarrassing, I guess. to you know, and a lot of coaches have egos and would never do that. They don't, you don't want to be wrong. You know, they they said something, they're going to stick by it. But you know, to his credit, he said this looks like it's best for the team. I'll reevaluate, and he obviously is on board with this. That's not any. You know, most coaches aren't going to do that. They're not. They want to be right, and um, you know, here's a guy that's that's shelving his ego and Bruce Arians reconsidering, and you know, we'll see if it's you know how this will play out. It'll either be brilliant move, it really helped the Bucks win a championship, or they'll, it will be I went went against my my gut feeling, and it didn't work out. It's a big it's a big roll of the dice for the Bucks. Bucks, no doubt about it and we'll see how it works out and it's up to Brady and it's up to AB to make it work
4: well you say he's rolling the dice how we do in Vegas we did good in Vegas <laughs> we did good did all right in Vegas i think we're on the right track i think AB's going to have a not a huge role sunday but the fact that a, Antonio Brown would be even out there which is kind of why i think Godwin would be out there as well even though we got to see if he has to he can catch passes first I think AB will honestly get going early and Tommy will want to get him involved especially in like a screen game. Would you rather throw a screen to Scotty Miller or Antonio Brown? there's there's your, there's your well, answer. Well, look. I mean, that
3: sounds that sounds really easy to say. Yeah. But this is not Antonio Brown 2016. This is not him. This is a, we don't even know who this guy is. He hasn't played in a year and a half. That's a long time.
4: You it's ma- a long time. You imagine Antonio Brown scores a touchdown and just gives the ball to the ref and runs to the sideline. That's what he's going to do. I hope he's, he's a new guy. Do. I love it. He's a new guy. <laughs> I love it. This guy is argu- one year removed, arguably, arguably from being the best receiver in the NFL, next to Julio Jones, of course. He's got the good talent, man. And here's the other thing.
3: He's not going to be able to do some of the things he did in Pittsburgh because of COVID. You know he's not he, he's not going to be able to go out and you know damn well that the Bucks are going to put some security with him. They're not that stupid. Insurance policy. Yeah, they're definitely going to have uh, somebody driving him around, making sure he's doing what he's he's supposed to be doing, whether that's Brady or whomever. I don't know. Um, but they're not. Gonna, I think they're going to be damn sure that he's not bringing COVID into this locker room. And I they also think that the first sign of any, um, you know. Give me the ball. Give me the damn ball. He's going to be gone. Now, Brady's not going to put up with that. But, well, let's wait till we see we get into the heat of the game and the frustration of the game. And we'll see how he reacts. Right now, and you know, you guys know if you listen to the show, I was not for this move. But I've also said that Brady and BA know a hell of a lot more about the situation than I do, how the situation has changed. They've looked the guy in the eye and he said what he said and they're okay with it. They, you know, if you're not trusting Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, who can you trust? They've been around the block a few times. So, you know, you got to just trust that they know what they're doing. They know what they have here in this team, and they feel like it's the right move. Let's hope they're right.
4: It's good that we're a veteran team now because if we're a team of last year, there's no way this happens because, obviously, if Tom Brady doesn't come here, this never happens. So Yeah, Absolutely.
3: All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. Kevin O'Donnell's going to join us at 5.30. We'll take your phone calls as well, 727-518-0820. If you haven't heard, the Bucks have some COVID issues to deal with this week. The injury report for the Saints is extremely interesting. We'll tackle those topics when we return.
0: Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with J.P., all right,
3: welcome back. There's another hurricane out there coming at us. But it doesn't look like it's going to be a heavy one, and we still don't know where it's going. But you better have your flood insurance. Italiano Insurance can hook you up. 813-877-7799, the best customer service. They'll take care of you really, really quickly, get that flood insurance. By the way, 30-day waiting period, so make sure you get it. And uh, just because hurricane season is almost over, you still need it. So give them a call, 813-877-7799. Have them shop your homeowner's insurance, auto insurance. They could save you thousands of dollars. They've been in business for over 60 years here locally because of great customer service. Tell them JP sent you, talianoinsurance.com
4: the best coverage or the what coverage what did i say uh the breast coverage did i say that i yeah. didn't say that i would well, never say well that. you know october was breast cancer awareness Month, exactly so it fine. you need you need to have good breast
3: coverage yeah it's you not do. too long ago absolutely all right on that note let's welcome well, on that in note. our good friend kevin o'donnell from fox 13 sports what's up kev how are you hey
9: Hey, JP, how you doing?
3: Good. Uh, it's not like the old days where we could like go out and and watch watch practice or even uh, the thirty minutes of practice, <laughs> right? Because uh, you have to have all your COVID tier two testing going on. But what do we know about Antonio Brown's practice today?
9: Well, not much. Other than it uh, was kind of a meet and greet, basically uh, with the whole team, uh, a walkthrough. So. Uh, we're only out there for for 20 minutes as it is, basically stretching and special teams. So we didn't get to see a whole lot of him in action. But from what we hear from Bruce Arians and and Tom Brady, uh, he looks in great shape. I know he's been working out this past year down in South Florida, and you know if he's the A B of old, the Bucks have something Ooh. special out there if they can keep him straight and narrow, right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> absolutely. In these COVID era days, but I, um, I know you were on the Zoom call today because I heard you ask a question. Um, I didn't even recognize that guy physically or emotionally. Um, oh, I know. But I got a sense that it, it seems sincere. It seems real. What was what was your take?
9: Yeah, I think it, it finally. And, and I want to credit uh, Tony Robbins and Tom Brady for getting through to him. Yeah, I think that they've worked with him this this past year, and it really I think it opened his eyes that look I've I've messed up big time. I've lost millions and millions of dollars. He blew away a thirty million dollar contract. With the with the L A Ra- with the uh, Oakland uh, Vegas Raiders, let's yeah. change yeah. the name, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it finally hit hit home to him that I've messed things up, you know, and I've got to get my my act together. He said that that Robins kind of worked with him on just being positive and stop kind of caving to anger and frustration. And uh-huh. uh, it looks like I mean he was so mellow on that I Zoom call. I've never seen him so even keeled, um, almost uh, in a trance a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's it funny, but some, some smirks in there, some smiles. <laughs> so I think that that AB is still there a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's f- interesting because I was watching um, a video. Remember when he he took the Facebook live uh, after the game, the playoff win, I guess. The and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Tomlin was was ripping the Patriots, and he was told not to do it. And he did it, and he had that look in his eye, like I don't give a a, a right. damn, what you know. <laughs> and that whole that whole, it's just he looks like a completely changed man, and. And let's be honest; it that happens, know, when people hit rock bottom, they do change. And I don't think anybody's hit more rock bottom than that dude.
9: Oh, absolutely! But I think you want to credit to Brady. Uh, you know, they're oh, talking yeah. about him changing the culture at One Buck Place. It's just his nature to try to help people out and try to, you know, get them to be more positive. And I think he, you know, he really had to get through. I think to to uh, Antonio Brown. You know, he's he's a guy that came out of South Florida, Liberty Liberty City. That's that's a rough neighborhood to yeah. grow up in, and you know. You're raised a different way than, you know, Brady talked about this about a week ago. You know, not everyone's raised the way I was raised. And I I just want to kind of reach out and, and help people through their problems.
3: You know what I find interesting as well? And I think Bruce Arians deserves a lot of credit here because, as you know, and I know very well, you know, a few months ago, it, this was an absolute no way ever going to happen. He, he, right. <laughs> he knows so much more of what A.B. did in Pittsburgh and other places that hasn't even been made public. And he was like, this guy, no way I'm letting him in my locker room. But, you know, Brady must have convinced him uh, and A.B. must have convinced him. And I give Arians full marks for changing his mind and doing something that maybe he was he was very much against and uh, in doing it for the team. Because I know a lot of coaches wouldn't do that.
9: Absolutely, especially when you have a locker room—the one that they've created and the culture they've created in there—it's it's such. It's a good locker room. There's not any headaches in there. There's no no divas to deal with. Yeah. And you bring in, you know, maybe the biggest diva ever to play in the National Football League, and you throw him into this mixture. You're like, what are you doing? You had something going wow. great here. Do you want to risk it? But given the injuries they have at wide receiver and just the inconsistency of having uh, Mike Evans in there on a week to week basis and Chris Godwin, I think Brady looked around and go, you know what? Some of these receivers that are third, fourth string are good, but they're not yeah, great, right. and and we need somebody great. All right, so
3: now the big question is, if we've got the off-the-field stuff taken care of, what does it look like on the field? Can a guy who hasn't played in a year and a half, you know, with three days practice, one of them being a walkthrough, have chemistry with Tom Brady in what am- amounts to the biggest game of the year?
9: Well, he's living with them, so I think he's closed <laughs> the gap there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I think you know someone of his his talents and level, I think it's I don't think it takes long to click um, yeah. you run you run the routes, you know, and it's and we saw some time, you know, Brady needed a little time at the beginning of the season uh, to kind of hit on some of his receivers, but those were the younger guys. I think he was on with Evans, he was on with Godwin early. Mm. It was the younger guys that I think he was missing with. So yeah. I think you' bring in a veteran like a b and i I think they're going to click very quickly.
3: Well, the Bucks got some other issues as well. Will Golston going on the COVID list uh, today because of close contact with someone? He uh, tweeted out that he had a mild symptoms and had COVID in the off season. The CDC right. says it you know it could be ninety days, could be longer that you still have immunity. For me, actually, it's been longer. I just got my antibodies back, and I'm I've, I've way past ninety days. So who knows how that works? I don't think they have a definitive answer, but I think um, you know if Golston tests negative tomorrow, he's back in right.
9: Yes, yeah, you know, you've got to have well two two positive tests or two negative tests to come back. Okay, um, but the question is, you know, the Bucks have ducked this whole thing all season long. Yeah. They've done a really good job. Two assistant coaches or equipment guys yeah. uh, came down with it. You know, they weren't really right with the players and coaches, and you kind of wondered how many weeks can they keep going and uh, mm-hmm. and missing out on this. But I think that they were very committed to. To staying out of situations, going out and you know to bars and restaurants, right. and they've been really good about that. So, uh, but it was just a matter of time when you see so many other teams, San Francisco, you know, got hit uh, this week, and uh, you wonder the NFL now talking about going to a, to uh, expanding the playoffs to 16, uh, to sixteen teams, and there's even talk maybe they should take a week off and, mm-hmm. and push back the Super Bowl. So, yeah. I think the NFL is a little concerned right now as we get into you know uh, the winter season when. When they expect the flu and maybe COVID to, to start peaking again,
3: yeah, I anticipated them backing up the season, maybe even two weeks. Uh, you know, take that week that the Super Bowl is off, and then also add another week at the end, and, and then you know you get basically two weeks where you could reschedule games, um, and that would make it a little bit easier. Uh, they you know they still have the option to do that, so it it might be something that happens. We'll we'll see. But other developments: Ali Marpet on the concussion protocol list. You, you know yeah that, that,
9: that kind of came out of nowhere because there was no, no discussion of that uh you know after the game so um he's been playing lights out too I know. Uh, so you don't want to miss out on him having him in the lineup and I, I'm sure that Tom Brady's is uh cringing right now wondering uh going up against the Saints you know front four of, of having to do it without uh Ali Marpet. but it, uh, hopefully it's it's nothing real serious yeah because
3: I don't remember him coming out of the game
9: last week do you? no no, no, I did not see him come out. I and there was no mention of of him coming out of the game at all. So uh, maybe it, it happened after he got home and started yeah. having headaches. You know, sometimes there's a delay yeah. reaction to those things.
3: Yeah, that's that's bizarre. And we also hear today that Drew Brees is on the injured list with a right shoulder uh, a soreness or whatever. I mean, already he's limited in terms of his arm strength. Like we all know that he's still playing great football with that situation. But uh, can you even imagine? Jameis Winston getting the start <laughs> this weekend? Are you kidding
9: me? Could could you paint a bigger picture, oh, a better picture God. anyway, for for Sunday night? Record ratings. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, we and I, I have a lot of people have been crying for, for Jameis maybe uh to give Drew a, a little bit of a break and uh throw Jameis in there because <gasps> you know, obviously they need Breeze for for the playoffs, so um you kind of wonder maybe this is a setup here.
3: <laughs> twenty twenty. James comes back first throw, the pick six at Raymond James Stadium. That's that, that has go. to happen. I mean, it's twenty twenty. Right? This has to happen. It's not in. It's not even. Great a, story. Oh my gosh! So, how do you think? I mean, there's so many good storylines in this game, Kevin. Kevin O'Donnell, Fox 13 Sports, joining us. I mean, you've got, um, you know, obviously uh, to me, this is going to decide the NFC South and and maybe even the number one seed. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas hasn't played for disciplinary reasons and also. Injury reasons, um, you know, this is we may be the first time we see Godwin, Ab, Evans, Gronk on the same field. I mean, my goodness, how many storylines? How do you think this comes out? And The Bucks are five and a half point favorites. I couldn't believe that.
9: Oh, I know, especially after the game against you know the Giants yeah. on Monday, but you know uh, that was your typical trap game yeah. uh, last week. So you know, teams don't want to look ahead, but you know, in nature, I think they were looking ahead a little bit, knowing that this is going to be just a tremendous game, but. I think the Bucks beat them. Um, you know, you look at the the situation in week one, Brady certainly was not on, on the same page with, with everybody, still learning these guys
12: yeah.
9: um, through two interceptions. You know, you're not going to see that out of him again in the game. So I think the Bucks really definitely have the edge here, but they certainly can't play like they did Monday. I think we need to have them play like the two previous weeks when they were just blowing out people, you know, Green Bay and uh, and the Raiders. And how do you
3: think the uh, there may be some rain in this? And I think this will only be the Saints' second outdoor game. I mean, if it if it's rainy, and the Bucks, you know, and here comes Drew Brees, and and he's got to play in the rain versus a, a, a Tom Brady. I don't know. I think that's another big advantage for the
6: Bucks.
9: Yeah, they're definitely not the same team outside. No. Um, you know, and and the Bucks have beaten them before at Raymond James Stadium. So uh, we'll see. I, I think after that week one, for me, the Saints have been kind of puttering along they're, they're picking up wins but they're just not looking that impressive i mean they were a three-point win over the bears who i still think of maybe the over, most overrated team in the, in yes. the nfl right now yes. with five wins um they squeaked one over the panthers by three over the chargers by three just not real dominant victories over the Saints. so um i, I think the bucks by far are a better team at this point in the season week nine
3: all right, Kevin O'Donnell, Fox Thirteen Sports. What else are you guys working on here locally uh, that we can see on Fox Thirteen Sports coming up?
9: Well, it's starting to slow down a little bit. It looks yeah, like right? all NFL and college right now because uh, you know baseball season's over, uh, NHL season's over, and you're like, you know what? Well, what have we got now? We were we were hit with so much in, no in and no championship games to cover. I mean, what
3: the hell do we do, right?
9: Yeah, I know exactly. Exactly. The Rowdies got booted last week, which was awful to see. Yeah, horrible way to end their yeah, season. Yeah, what, what happened? Did so, they just
3: not play that game?
9: No, they canceled it. Yeah, the day before, um, you know, the two coaches came down, the head coach, Neil Collins, and his assistant, Kevin Foley, came down with it. The next day they all tested, and a bunch of Rowdy's players tested positive. And they said, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and cancel this. I'm like, why will not you just delay it for a couple weeks? Yeah. You know, what's the rush to go into the off season?" But, you know, they had the two uh, Western and Eastern champions just kind of walk away and take their conference trophies with them. Wow. So, But, yeah, that's three championship, you know, pro sports championships that wrapped up in, a, in about a week and a half yeah. with the Rowdies, Rays, and Lightning. So it's like, what's next? I guess we have some high school football. Of, yes. Uh, they seem not to be having too many problems with, with playing. There hasn't been too many cancellations. So. Yeah, I'm shocked by that the coming up. Yeah,
3: the, rule, the rules were pretty uh, pretty draconian for them to be able to play, but I think that the the high school coaches have kind of figured it out. So um, good for them. And, and yeah, because they're going through – the regular seasons are wrapping up now. Then they, everybody decides whether they're going to go to the playoffs. It's a weird year, right?
9: Right, absolutely, yeah. So uh, I know like Gaither finished undefeated for the first time in, in school history. So uh, I think they get a bye this week before the playoffs start next week because Jesuit and TC are teeing it up on Friday night. So it's uh, That'll be good. Yeah, very interesting game there. <laughs>
3: Cambridge Christian, watch out. They got a good squad. Go. They beat CDS. Watch out. All right, partner. Yeah, they're, they're
9: a strong team. <laughs> yeah, they are. they get
3: got a new coach, and uh, they're playing really well. All right, partner, thanks for uh, joining us. Appreciate it. I guess I'll, I will may see you Sunday at the at the Bucs game.
9: There you go, JP.
3: Thanks. Kevin O'Donnell, Fox 13 Sports, right there. Um, good perspective. He's covered the Bucs for a long, long time. Longer than me. He's maybe the only one in the market. Him and Stroud. That have been uh, covering the Bucks longer than me.
7: Well, I guess he's a good Twitter follower, then.
3: Oh, he is. Absolutely. Very, very knowledgeable local sports. Um, yeah, this is gonna be a tremendous game on Sunday night, and hopefully we uh, we get it all in. I don't want to see a a uh, delayed game. We got a home game, but I also don't want to see it in the slop either. That would be a shame. These two great quarterbacks going back and forth with the NFL touchdown record in the slop. I don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. You want you want to have a good good conditions. Get out there and uh, let it fly. I think. The, the over under, what is it, 50 and a half? Uh, I might have to take the over in that. I think there's going to be some points in this the game.
7: The over under is 50 and a
3: half. I think I just yeah. saw it. Bucks, five and a half point favorites, and the over under is 50 and a half. 51. Well,
7: on ESPN, it's 51. Yeah.
3: I think they fly yeah, because the money yeah. I think is coming in on the over right now. I think they fly over that. Even though you know, these are two good defenses, but you know, you remember there's, they're two damn good offenses too, and it's an offensive league. You, know, you look at their scoring averages, both teams are averaging 30 points a game, so numbers tell you it's it's a 60-point game. Wouldn't that be fun?
7: Well, as long as we don't see another like type we saw with the Rams-Chiefs a couple years ago where you score 50 points and lose. No, I'm all right with that. As long as we're on the
4: winning side, yeah. Oh, you mean the Mexico game, the Mexico City game? Yeah. What was that, 55-51? Oh, but okay oh, well, they brought up to L.A. because Mexico City was yeah. crap. Yeah. It's a— uh,
3: you know, I'd like to see every NFL game go that way. <laughs> I know. A I lo- of I'm a
4: defensive guy, man. I love seeing like the barn burners. Like our defense is better than yours. We're gonna hit you in the mouth, and you're not gonna score on us. That's what I like to see.
3: I don't mind seeing that, but you
4: know, I'll well. tell you. Oh well think of it like this: Did that Devin White hit on uh, Derek Carr? Oh, I love it. Well, on that fourth and one, just yeah. boom! There you go, a goal line stand. Isn't it a little bit more in like? inviting well, i'm not the saying defense.
3: i don't enjoy watching big defensive plays but you know 51 50 games are kind of fun i ain't gonna lie it's just
4: horrible defense and, that's why, and that's why i like pro over nfl because i don't like people scoring seven touchdowns in a game
3: you like <laughs> pro over college i do yeah no i love i i'm always going to be a college football guy i think you know always when you have the exactly when you have and it's to me you know in terms of the quality of the game um I think it's similar. college football is way more unpredictable. I think the offenses are more wide open. Um and I, the pageantry of the game puts it over the top for me all the time. Between the the bands and the cheerleaders and the tailgating and all that, it just that to me makes it the best sport in the world. So the school life. But I, that's my opinion. The, the yeah. campus life. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, if totally you didn't go to a big-time you know, college football school, you don't you don't really get it. So I and that's not a A diss on anybody. It's just that's if that's if you don't know that culture, then I I understand why you you know you might turn your nose up at college football. But if you've been in it and you've lived it, you love it.
4: Yeah, I might just view. I might just view on college football like I said. I mean, when Lamar Jackson, I mean, we know how good he is in the NFL, but when he was scoring like eight touchdowns a game for Louisville. And on, in the ACC, like, that's not on. fun to watch. I I don't like that's that. that's not
3: fun to watch. No, Get out of your
4: mind. Because I like watching. Like I need somebody that's actually like good. But you're doing that against what Wake Forest? Come on, man.
3: Well, look, blowouts did it too. Blowout games like that are you know that's not great to watch. But I could say the same thing about the NFL. Is a blowout game in the NFL fun to watch? No.
4: Well, Absolutely they're not. They're not, not. not putting up fifty to ten on a weekly basis. No, or seventy-three no. to seven. But like that's you know, but, but then, <laughs> but then again, please. you know,
3: every week if you picked out the best fifteen college games because you have fifty of them, you're going to get a lot of dogs in there. And, but if you yeah. take the best fifteen out of college. I'll put them up against the best 15 in the pros any yeah. day.
4: And also, college football has more stopping of the clock as well. So there's more op- ample opportunity to score, especially after every first down. The ball again, like the, stop, the clock Got stops. no
3: problem with that. None at all.
4: You imagine, man.
3: I just want to get back to full stadiums and yeah. tailgating. Amen to that. That's what I want to get
4: back to. And the election. I'm, just kidding. I'm
3: kidding. All right, we'll take our final break. We'll come back with the latest
4: conspiracy theories
3: and information. On how the hell this thing is going to end tonight? <laughs> wow, this is an unbelievable year. we knew this was coming, though, didn't we? We, we, called we knew it, it we was coming. We knew it called was it back. Coming. We knew it was coming, and uh, just we we. I can't calm everybody. Be calm. Let it all play out. See what happens. Back in three.
5: Gentlemen,
0: let's rock. This is Unfiltered Pure Sports. Now, more with J.P. Peterson.
3: All right, well, we'll uh, be at Oak and Stone on Clark Road in Bradenton tomorrow for our show, 3 to 6. Since our big 820 signal, the beast that we have of a signal that goes from Brooksville to Naples. Reaches all the way down there into uh, Bradenton. We have a lot of folks listening down there, so please come on by. Say hello. Go to the Oak and Stone on Clark Road. We'll be watching some Thursday Night Football, or will we? The 49ers have just closed their facility because uh, Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, tested positive for the COVID. They are now in intensive protocol. Our our organization has entered the NFL's intensive protocol. In a statement, the 49ers said we are working with the league on contact tracing to identify high-risk individuals. All team functions will be conducted virtually today. They're supposed to play tomorrow night against the Packers, right? Yes, sir. So he's not born, won't be able to play against the Packers. This game may be canceled. Hmm.
7: Cancelled or get postponed and pushed back? not uh, postponed and
3: pushed back. That's probably the
7: another Tuesday, um, or a double Monday night. God, it's so ridiculous. Um, I'd rather be a double Monday than a
4: Tuesday. I agree. I agree. Tuesday football is just so weird. With I that hate bil- it. What was it? The Bills and Chiefs. I hate it. That's just so yeah. weird. It I felt. I felt like it was Friday the next day or something <laughs> like, like. Or I thought it was like Monday the next day. Oh, just weird. Just super weird. All
3: right, so. The Bucks have a COVID issue with William Golston. He um, had close contact with somebody who tested positive, so he's on the protocol list. But he he tweeted out he'd already had COVID, so his test will likely be negative, and then he can come back and play. Without Vitavea, stopping uh, you know stopping Alvin Kamara is going to be tough enough. Without um, William Golston and Vitavea, that's a no bueno. That's a no bueno. And as far as the um, the Saints go, their injury list. Drew Breeze did not participate fully today. He's got a right shoulder injury.
4: Yeah. Um 18, who, eighteen year vet. Who cares? Kamara's <laughs> got a foot.
3: Uh Sheldon Rankins, defensive tackle, has a knee, did not participate. Michael Thomas, ankle and hamstring, limited participation, but he's gonna go.
4: Breeze is Johnny, you said the shoulder is his throwing shoulder, though, right? Right shoulder. His right shoulder, mm-hmm. yes. This and, then, and then and then uh, Camara, his feet, that's huge for somebody who likes the jump cut and who's really good at cutting and who's really good on his feet. To be compromised by a hurt foot, wrap it up. I know it's still it's, – but you got to play four quarters against a really fast, speedy, tenacious, aggressive Buccaneers defense. Well, I
7: know initially I was not really freaking, but I was kind of like, ooh, what's going to happen with Breeze? But he, they, was it Nick Underhill, the same guy that reported it, came out and said that, Breeze usually takes Wednesdays off anyway and has a limited practice on a Wednesday anyway, so mm-hmm. I don't think the shoulder's that
4: serious. I don't think the foot for Alvin's going to be that serious either. Yeah, Just like Ndamukong Su like and JPP have senior, uh, senior days as well. Yeah.
3: By the way, Ryan Suckup, the Bucks kicker, won the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week award with his four field goals and uh, two extra points, six for six, in a windy MetLife Stadium. That was a hell of a performance. And he got a game ball. He needed to get a game ball. He scored ninety percent of your points. That's a big deal. When you when you and especially in MetLife, um, he was having to kick that ball at the right upright a couple of times and have it hook back in, playing the wind. And yet, you know, you're just guessing at that point. You hope that you're right and the gust goes your way. But if it doesn't, you're screwed. But you got to hit it square. If you don't hit it right on the money, it's not going to go in. So heavy, heavy ups to that uh, that that young man. Do we? We didn't get that interview, did we? They didn't
7: send that one over. Oh no, you sent it over to me in the, uh, the media release. Oh, so I have it now.
3: Yeah, play that if you can. I want to hear him talk about. It. He's he's pretty funny today. I read the quotes, like when you have a name like suck up. Shut the. Shut the. Uh, <laughs> always, always wanted to ask him that question. By the way. Oh, it's a. I have a thing, by the way, with somebody. And somebody actually did today, which is kind of cool. Ready when you are, Ryan. Just suck waiting, up.
7: Waiting for somebody to ask him a question.
3: Ryan, suck up. <laughs>
8: Hey Ryan, um, congratulations on all the success that you've had so far uh, mm-hmm. with kicking. Obviously, uh, that's been a challenge for the Bucks, which is why they've had a revolving door at the position. I'm just wondering uh, what's been working so well for you. Uh, is it the fact that you know most of your kicks that you're attempting are, are you know inside the forty? What what do you think has been the key to your success?
16: Um, you know, honestly, I think that uh, you know Zach and Bradley, our snapper, and Bradley, our partner and holder, those guys are doing such a great job. Uh, I give a lot of credit to them and, uh, you know, the big boys up front um, doing a great job protecting. I mean, it's really a, a team effort. And, um, you know, when you get it a, a, a award like this, I always think of it as a team award. So uh, I just want to give those guys a lot of credit and um, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to work with them.
1: Thank you. Next question will come from Greg Allman. Hey Ryan, I just want to ask you uh, about kicking in Tampa, kicking in this stadium. I know you've had three games here. Just, just how you feel, how how normal it is to be kicking in that stadium now.
16: Yeah, um, you know Bradley and I have been joking about it. We've actually had a lot of like really, really really windy games, and uh, so it's it's been it's been a challenge. Um, which is it's been really nice to be able to pick Bradley's ear with him being here for a year, trying to get a feel for the wind. Um, and, you know, we go over there and practice during the week. You know, we'll go over there with Bones, and uh, B.A. likes us to go over there, so we'll go kick, you know, one time a week over there when we have a home game. And, um, you know, I think little things like that where we just try to prepare as best we can and um, try to be ready for the challenge are things that are that are beneficial, and um, hopefully we can just keep that going.
1: I love how, it. how nice has this been for you in terms of this, just being what you wanted it to be? You, you don't sign with the team until September. Um, it's got to be nice to have things as consistent as they've been for you so far.
16: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a blessing. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed being here in Tampa. Um, we have a really – obviously, we have a really good team, but we – you know, I've really enjoyed a lot of the guys in the locker room, uh, a lot of our coaches, and, um, you know, that's something that when you play in the NFL for, for a while, I've, I've been fortunate to do that. You, you really grow to appreciate that. And um, that, that's been neat, getting to getting to be plugged in here with these guys. And, uh, you know, we're having a fun season. We're, we're playing well, and, um, you know, we're hopefully we're, we're going to keep working and, and try to keep getting better. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan, yep. suck
3: up the NFC. Next
6: question will be from Rick Stroud.
3: Special Teams Player of the Week. Somebody got to ask. Ryan, the question. You, know, you
6: you went through a lot. I mean, a couple of of uh, injuries, and you're a kicker. Was there a time where you doubted, you know, just how how well you could come back? Have you has it come back faster than you thought it would? As far as your your accuracy goes.
16: Um, you know, yeah, I think you know you kind of alluded to last season. Last season was was difficult. Um, you know, trying to you want to get back out there and play so bad. And, you know, I was coming off of a, of a knee injury and, um, you know, I, the first 10 or 11 years of my career, I had been never really had any issues. And, you know, then one popped up last year. So it was something that, uh, you know, I certainly faced some adversity and, and, had to fight through that and last year was difficult. Um, but at the same time, it's, um, it makes you realize how much you love the game, uh, how much you, uh, are thankful for, for being healthy and, and the work that, that you put in to be able to go out and do what you love. And so, uh, this year has been really neat to be able to, um, to kind of get back into things and um, you know I really enjoy putting the work in uh, we've I, I've had a great time with the stuff that we're doing here in the weight room in the training room with our staff here um, that's been really fun and uh, I'm excited about where it's going I'm excited about the opportunity to hopefully keep getting better and keep getting stronger and um, uh, you know I'm just thankful to, to have this opportunity.
6: You mentioned the windy games I mean it, it was really people that weren't down on the field we weren't but we walked in that stadium it was pretty tough uh, you know on Monday night against the Giants so when you have something like that how, how do you approach it is that all a warm-up thing trying to figure out directions and whatnot
16: yeah absolutely um you know it's it's definitely something where you you go out in pregame and you try to get a feel for what the wind's doing of course you know you may get to the start of the game and it, it may change it may be completely different right. so um a lot of it is just paying attention to what the flags are doing during the game and then obviously when you get out there you, you feel what it's doing on the field and um you know you pick your line and you just trust it the best you can and so um so far, we've been able to do that pretty well this year, and uh, hopefully, we can continue to do that because um, it, it, it is a certainly a challenge. Huge. Thanks. Next will come. Well, can next we question will
8: come from Aaron Wilson. Go.
3: Come on, ask the question.
6: Hey, thanks for doing this, Ryan. Ryan, I wanted to ask you about Jackie Easterby, who's the interim general manager for the That's Texas. You All right.
3: So he said, "Yeah, when you have a name like suck up, you have to have a sense of humor." <laughs> Which, of course, you do. <laughs> That's outstanding. That must have been tough in elementary school. Yeah, Sucking you're a suck up to the teacher.
4: Suck up. No, no there's there's been like he, since he was Mister Irrelevant and he was knocking in field goals for all these years. There's always been like this little inside jab at like this nickname for him. Ever since we were playing him in Madden and stuff like that, it's Ryan Suck Up. Shut up. The- Bleep up. There you go. Every time he makes a field goal, shut everybody up. This well, week, exactly. By the way,
3: um, club level tickets going for fourteen hundred and sixteen dollars each for this game on Sunday night. Lower level, eight oh four. A couple of them. Upper level, four hundred and fifty five. Section three oh nine. You can buy for four hundred and fifty five bucks yeah. on the secondary market. We should ask Dev since
4: he was going to the game. That gum, about for that's
3: it. that's freaking playoff type money. You know what that tells me? Saints fans who haven't been able to go to games all year long are going to this game, and they're paying big money, and Bucks fans are taking the money. When it's that high, I can't really blame them, Um, but I'm blaming you. All right, have a great night, everybody. Appreciate you uh, listening to us, as always, and uh, hopefully the unity in this community comes back. One love, everybody.